intro ever we're live oh What's up, guys welcome back to kind of funny's transformers in review that's right we are ranking every movie in the transformers cinematic universe and i could not be more excited about it ladies and gentlemen i'm tim gettys joined by a beautiful glasses wearing andy cortez so give me reason to find an eye I forgot the lyrics. Dude, dude, there's no one in that. You fucking hit it, though, dude. Uh, We got Nick Scarpino. Is that the same song from the last one? Or is it a different song? (laughs) Totally, totally different. What the fuck? Why why are they so good? Why are both of those songs so good? (laughs) But this one, I love so much more because Linkin Park actually collaborated with uh, Steve Jablowski and uh, Hans Zimmer for the score. So it's like they the song is throughout the entire fucking movie. It's like the it's, theme of Nest, but it's, it's so good. Fucking dun dun dun. Because sometimes Nick, you just want to take a walk in the park, the fucking Lincoln Park. You know what dude, I mean? Dude, I listen. I say I'll say this, guys, and I'm 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 Please always do. one to admit when I'm wrong. Tim, okay, great. we had a topic uh-huh. a long time ago about how important Lincoln Park was uh, to this last generation of kids, and I said Lincoln Park sucks. And <laughs> you did. and nobody should remember. You guys remember? I said there. I, and, and I was that the day that the, this, the guy had just died. I do. It was. It was in fact. I think. <laughs> what one of the is days. wrong with you? Um, well, I just wanted people to. I mean, I, I, I believe do, in honesty and full in transparency. Fact, is what you just. <laughs> we have, I, I believe in honesty. Uh, but I will say this: after reevaluating my position on Lincoln Park, Andy, mm-hmm. they fucking slap. Yeah. <laughs> They yeah. slap. Great. The last two songs, I was like, I'm back in. I'm back in Lincoln Park. Because you know why? There's no rock rapping in it. That's why. Mm, mm. Rap rocking. Yeah. It's just straight up uh, punk. <laughs> There's a lot. Is it rap rocking? What is it? Rock rapping? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. This is a conversation making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Anyways, you can watch this show every week live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Uh, for the foreseeable future, we're doing two interviews a week, two franchises, uh, in case one might not be your speed. So we're doing Transformers and Back to the Future currently. Back to the Future on Tuesdays and Transformers on Fridays. You can watch the show for free later on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com or you can get it ad free and uh, help supporting us by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny uh just like mohammed mohammed justin toft das bear jew and black jack did uh, if you want to listen to it that's cool too we have that option just search for kind of funny reviews on your favorite podcast service you will be able to do just that now tim yeah. you were talking about you said earlier you said in case this isn't your speed was that a low-key reference to the fact that we one day will do speed in review Wait, speed one and two. I fucking <laughs> is hope. speed two any good? I don't know that I've ever no. seen it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's dude. really bad. It's on a boat. Speed two's the boat one, right? Yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Cruise control. <laughs> and they couldn't get they couldn't get Keanu Reeves back. Oh my god! Wait, ah, uh, you know what? It's Jason Patrick maybe, instead. Maybe one oh day. no! Okay, god, fucking speed. What a what a great idea for a movie. Uh, but no, today we're talking about Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Released on June 24th, 2009, once again directed by Michael Bay. A uh, budget of $200 million and a box office of $836.3 million. That's a lot of moolah. Uh, the film won three Golden Raspberry Awards at the 30th Golden Raspberry Awards ceremony and became the highest grossing film to win the Worst Picture Award. Uh, with over 11 million home media sales in 2009, it was also the top-selling film of the year. 
That's Wait, hold on. Cr- what other movies came out in 2009? None. Just zero. <laughs> well, so the, the, this was during the writer's strike. So this was like during the dark ages of TV and, and movies, which I guess were the new dark ages now. Okay, I'm looking sucks. up worst movies of 2009. Um, Last House on the Left is on this list by whatever list. Film School Rejects is this website. Mm-hmm. Um, Old Dogs starring uh robin williams and john travolta john travolta has a lot of hair in this movie uh, so um apparently this was a a this was after wild hogs it seems oh, the one with the one with the classic movie with tim allen and john travolta i did not yeah. know if you just wanted to put the word hog Say out the word there hog. is that a movie <laughs> no wild i did hogs. it's just a, it's a perfect uh, coincidence actually but number one on this list transformers is nowhere on this list by the way uh, but um, number one of this list is Observe and Report, starring Seth Rogen. Yeah. Oh, that movie was bad. That was a movie. Was that was a dark movie. movie. Really Last House on the Left is the only one of those I even heard of. And I remember Observe and Report, it's like a like almost an indie where he plays a security guard that's a little fucked up. It's, and he it's wants so, to be a cop. But it's so it's bad. bad. Yeah, let's bad. let's check A.V. Club really, really quick. Underworld mm-hmm. Rise of the Lichens is on this okay. list. Okay. Oh, the, good movie, actually. The Final Destination is on this list. Um, All right. The end of that movie is freaking so incredible. Fucking good. No spoilers, That's the only Kevin. thing I remember. One day we might do Final Destination Let's interview. Let's do it, dude. I love you, Beth Cooper. Also on the list, and also on the list, Old Dogs, which is the sequel to Wild Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the AV Club's list. Oh, You'll there we go. Number five: Transformers: it. Revenge of the Fallen. There okay. it is. Okay. Yeah. There it is. Um, a runtime of a brisk it just freezes by and you don't oh, notice so a minute fast. of it two hours and 30 minutes it so really fast. feels like five hours man. i Why? fell asleep like four times the but last they get to the desert <laughs> to egypt you're like why the why last hour that? of this movie took me at least two and a half hours to watch because i just i kept having to pause it and just kind of like i would space out dude i'm not even joking there are there are these monologues that these fucking transformers wielding canes because they are unable to walk correctly where they are there it's just exposition they more energy and, and energy. dude i swear i listened to the lore of his fucking world or whatever the the goddamn ancients and the fucking the, the spire the spire of the whatever the hell matrix i don't know what the, the matrix of Jesus leadership Christ. andy get it right dude now, andy, to, here's what i'm gonna I say i had to restart it so many times i couldn't understand go ahead nick nick scarpino now, 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 Andy, if you want us to respect the stupid amounts of lore in your dumb series, Lord of the Rings, I think you need to pay some respect to the Matrix of Leadership, the thank Ancient you. Primes, fucking okay, thank you. Uh, the fucking the machine. I, the, yeah, you're like, looking it up. Don't look at your screen. Don't look at your screen. Does the machine have a name? The Sun Killer there's, thing. There's, there's a machine. There's, it has a name. There's like, there's a moment in this movie where. We get all the exposition of what's going on, and there's so many three-word uh, like uh, things: the matrix yeah. of leadership, the fucking this of that, the this of that, the, the big deep sock of faith. Oh God! And it's like, why are you introducing this seventy minutes into the movie? There's a moment where they go, "Here's where the matrix of leaders is," right? Which leadership. is a riddle. And they go the right. second they said riddle, I'm like, oh my god, they have to fucking go to other places to get this thing. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't they just be like, it's located here, and you can't get in unless you're here or whatever? I don't know. It's so but, convoluted. Like, man. Guys, it's so guys, fucking also, long. Why do they need the riddle when the dude has like the he's got all the information in his head? He's just got to figure out how to get it, right? It's well, just at first one of those things where like guys, this 
just be fast and the furious. Just be stupid and over the I've top. Been saying that since day one. I man. don't need. The, I don't need your version of the fucking Bible. We don't need the Silmarillion equivalent of your lore. Like we don't fucking care, dude. It sucks, man. God, well, I'm, damn, this I'm actually bad. okay with a little bit of the lore. I don't mind world building. Yeah, it's no, just, I think that's they, it's cool. Yeah, they set Sam Witwicky up. So the whole thing is like he touches this. Um, he touches the the, the the sliver, right? And it imbed, imbues or embeds in him this like the power of the Allspark or all the information of the Allspark. And there's a great line where he's like, "The Allspark can't be destroyed, only transformed." Which I was like, "Ah, oh, that's pretty cool." And then, so and then he just goes, "Yeah, that was." <laughs> and we have what a are they up. doing, man? What are they doing? But oh, the concept God. of him being the MacGuffin the whole time I thought was cool. I'm like, "Oh, he's going to be the thing that." can bring Optimus Prime back because he's got all the energy of the Allspark in him. And then midway through, they just sort of throw that out the door. And they're like, no, 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 the machine, the, this energy, like how much cooler would it have been if he's the energy source that would have started the machine that could have sucked the the, the thing out? But like, I don't know. They, there's there's too many fucking things in this, too many MacGuffins in this movie. The, you got to get the Matrix of Leadership to start the machine. And then there's this other, <laughs> there's the SR-71, which is why is he in this at all? I don't know. It's very yeah, weird. there's there's it's way too many elements being introduced, and the problem is, it's like if they did just commit to one thing of lore, I think it could have really worked and made sense. I do too. But the problem is, there's so many elements of this that it's, you can see it's like the path, and you're like, oh, if you just went down that path, this would be cohesive and make sense. There's a lot more robots in this movie, like both. Actually, there's more robots to the point that I think it's distracting, and there's just way too many. It's hard to keep track of what's what. Um, there's way too few speaking robots for sure. Yes, but. That's there's at least more robots kind of like interacting with each other without humans. And I'm like, all right, cool. This is what I want to see from a Transformers movie. But my thing, the thing that I think is most criminal about Revenge of the Fallen is the opening is so good and strong to me as a fan after the first movie where I'm like, oh, cool. You're telling me that what, where we're going, the direction we're going after this is now the Autobots are teamed up with the military team to hunt Decepticons. Dude. And you're going to give me this fucking thrilling action scene where I actually get to see Transformers do dope shit, like Sideswipe flipping up and grabbing the, like throwing the sword down and ripping the car in half. Like, yeah, that stuff is fucking cool. And then it's like, then the movie's just like, oh man, 10 different directions at once and none of them are satisfying. Well, but here, and that's a perfect point, man. The, the beginning of this movie, I'm like, okay, we're, we're starting off, we're jumping around a little bit, but I'm fine with it. Once I figured out what they were doing, I'm like, this is cool. Then there's a moment where they're like, bring in Bigfoot. And I was like, who the fuck is Bigfoot? And it's Big Optimus guy. Prime coming in from fucking like like Iron Man from Iron Man 2. So Just cool. play some ACDC and let him come in and wreck shit. They play and it's fucking, like, like the movie right? team. He comes out. He has the parachutes with the goddamn Autobot thing. He fucking goes down, says some badass one-liners, transforms in the air, transforms when he lands. And he's a goddamn truck with a goddamn plan to destroy these motherfuckers. I love all about it, but I will say, for as much as I love this scene, it every time I see Optimus Prime kill that Decepticon at the end of the opening, it breaks my heart. I'm like, that is not Optimus Prime's character. And it's okay. Th this is the moment that they're like, this Optimus Prime, not the Prime you know from the cartoon. This ain't your dad's Optimus it's, Prime. It ain't. It ain't. They're like, this motherfucker is ruthless. One of the things about Optimus Prime's character, he doesn't kill like that. Like, he shows mercy. This motherfucker calls him a Decepticon bitch and fucking cuts his head <laughs> off. Yeah. I mean, listen, man. Th that's 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 what's going to happen here. I mean, I think I think you really touched <laughs> on one important point earlier, which is that, and it's something that I that I really noticed a lot throughout this movie is that the Transformers are utilized as sort of backdrops 
in this movie. And it really is. It's it's unfortunate because I want to get like I think if they tried to um, humanize these characters a little bit more and actually flesh them out as characters, it would really, really help the movie because I want to know Optimus. I want I want to know the Transformers like you would know uh, uh, the Avengers in a scene. Right. Totally. And, and we just don't like uh, toward the end of this movie. I'm still like, who is that? Which one's that one? I don't understand what's going on here. Um, Andy from kind of funny. I'm uh, guys. I'm I'm so scared. I'm scared. Okay. Let me tell you why I'm scared. Why are you scared, Andy? <laughs> this is one of my least favorite movies that we've ever done on this show. And this is apparently the third worst of the whole franchise. Oh, well, what? it's okay because Mark Wahlberg is going to save the franchise. That's what, That's we what I'm saying. There's no. there's apparently apparently four and five are even worse than this one. Okay, here's, here's what they No future spoilers. Movie, no future spoilers. But I will say that like, I do think that they're worse, four and five, but the Mark Wahlberg factor, it it kind of at least saves it a bit where it's like, it, it becomes a like, this is so bad, it's fun to watch. Whereas it's this one I yet. think is a little bit more like, oh no. But at, I, I at least know. in this one though, here, here's what I'll say. I, I actually enjoyed moments of this more than the first one. Easy. Because the first one had absolutely no direction and the scenes felt really cobbled together. Like they were just sort of trying to salvage it the entire time. At least they tried to tell a story here and set it up and and have some lore and some world building. And they did have a couple hype moments. And so I was like, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I remember hating this movie the first time I watched it. Um, I was pleasantly surprised how much more I enjoyed this than Transformers 1, which is a trip. I know it's going to be. Like I only liked the fight scenes in this. That's the only thing redeemable, I think, in this movie. I I, I feel like this one had good fight scenes. Like the other one didn't. Okay, no, that's what I'm saying. That were yeah. blurry, you know. That's what he's saying. Yeah. That's what I'm oh, okay. saying. Yeah, like yeah. I like the fight scenes here, but I feel like that's the only thing redeemable about this movie, where so much of the humor falls flat for me. I feel like 99% of it does. Uh, again, you know, let it's been talked about a million times, but these these two fucking mud flaps, oh. dude, like they're awful. What? So many of these characters are terrible, dude, and the vo- the voices just don't. I don't know what they're going for. I don't know what they're trying to do. Like, I I understand where some of these ancient robots have, you know, this deep English speaking voice and blah, blah, blah. But then the other one, like, what's the little fucking guy with the little mud flap? No, but also the RC truck. Like, why is he a a New Yorker? Because they're basing it off Rat Trap, the character from Beast Wars. Um, so was, his character was Rat Trap's character in in personality, but his voice is Tom a lot cooler. And this is what I'm saying, right? Like, like, but this is what I'm saying. Like those, those, those characters, they're all throwaway. There's no transformer other than Optimus in there that, that actually has, that helps push the story forward in like a thematic way. At least Optimus is sort of there to help guide the main character and be like, Hey, this is your destiny. You know, I've got a pulled quote here that, you know, that I'll just read now where he says fate really calls upon us at the moment of our choosing, which is a great theme for the whole movie. Where like the whole point is that Sam's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm I'm, I want to be a college kid, but he's pulled back into this for a greater purpose. But then we have the scene where he's trying to figure out, like he's got that crisis moment that every good movie has where he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. We're fucked. I think I'm just going to give myself over to the Autobots and save or Decepticon and save the world. And, and, and uh, uh, Bumblebee sort of has like, starts playing those, those moments where he's like, don't do this or whatever. And Sam has that releva- revelation. But in the background, Mudflap and Skid are just saying shit. And you're like, why the fuck are they even in this scene? This is a moment between him and the original Transformer that we've seen. It should have been this poignant moment, but it reminds me of um, a story that I think Patton Oswalt told 
where he was working on, I think, I can't remember who it was. Some comic told the story where he was working on an animated movie and he was hired to come in and just provide dialogue that would make the movie funnier. But he's like, how am I supposed to do that when there's no character in scene? They're like, oh, we're just going to throw the VO in on the side and we'll just put it in in moments that'll make the scene funnier. And he's like, that's not how you make a scene funnier. You write a funny scene. In this, you write a poignant scene and keep the comic relief the fuck out of it until you need that tension break. And Absolutely, they just yeah. they just throw these things in there haphazardly. And it inter- it's distracting at a certain point. Yeah. You're like, wait, what the fuck did they just say? And it what just, if, what? It just it, throws you out of the scene completely. It seems like there are two. There were two totally different, uh, disagreeing sides of what should this movie be and who should it be for. Like I got I, some interesting facts there for you, actually, Andy. Uh, let's hear so it, Tim. Major hurdles for the film's initial production stages included the two thousand nine or two thousand seven to eight Writers Guild of America strike, as well as the threat of strikes by other guilds. Uh, prior to a potential Directors Guild uh, strike, Bay began creating animatics of action sequences featuring characters rejected from the 2007 film. This would allow animators to complete sequences if the directors and stuff went on strike and the writing went bad. Some of that happened, which is why a lot of the fight scenes are dope, is because they were like straight up working on it and they kind of just put a movie. They made a movie around that. Um, however, they only had three weeks to write the script due to yeah. the, the guild strikes, so uh, they had to do that. Michael Bay and Shia LaBeouf expressed disappointment with the film due to the script's rush treatment. Um, so this is the interesting thing here. So Orsi, who's one of the writers, described the film's themes as being away from home, with Autobots contemplating living on Earth as they cannot restore Cybertron while Sam goes to college. He wanted the focus between the robots and humans to be much more evenly balanced, the stakes to be higher and more focused on the science fiction elements. Uh, he added that he wanted to modulate the humor more and felt uh, he managed the more outrageous jokes by balancing them with a the more serious plot approach to the Transformers mythology. Uh, Bay concurred that, w- that he wanted to please fans by making the tone darker and that uh, moms will think it's safe enough to bring their kids back out to the movies, whatever. Um, but yeah, just like that. It's, it's interesting to hear their goals. And like to think what to hear what they think the theme of this movie is because it doesn't come across that way. But the it being at odds with itself of it being so ridiculously serious, the amount of MacGuffins and the amount of just like lower plot, big words that are supposed to just distract you and confuse you, combined with like the mud flap and skids humor, it's like it's fucking weird. Yeah, the little the little rat trap base guy who's like humping her leg. Oh my god. Like, it just calls her a bitch. Why? Oh, this is just so off. Like it just doesn't it's so bad to me, dude. Nick, you were you were talking about uh like Optimus Prime and Bumblebee and like mm-hmm. how they do have some moments and the thing that's so disappointing to me is like we when we've done in review and stuff for Mandalorian like a criticism that's come up is it's hard to get the emotion from someone wearing a mask. And I think like with Bumblebee, the choice to have him talk through the speaker stuff is cool and cute and funny, but, but they, fixed they, it. they like, saw they fixed it and then they unfixed it. They don't even explain, and they don't it, explain it at all. They explain it in a fucking comic book that takes place in between and it's Starscream breaks him in another fight. And it's like, that's stupid. Right. As fuck. Oh, OK. Um, was, but like, whatever. I didn't um, know about that. But the problem is in this movie, it's like that <laughs> was a fun. Did, Andy. <laughs> that was a fun. That was a fun gimmick in the first movie. But I feel like in this one, if they used it sparingly and like at some point he had voices like he could talk but then he still did it i think that could be cool but when you're one of your main characters like can't even speak and i feel like they understood that because optimus is really the only autobot that says anything like otherwise it's just a bunch of deceptive or even robot that says anything it's a bunch of bad guys that have like one-liners of evil things and like i'm gonna take over and then it's like okay but we don't get any back and forth between the Autobots to make them feel like a team to make any type of not even just we, team. We don't have a single characters. Scene. We don't have a single scene in this movie where two Autobots just talk to each other. Totally. I mean, and that's, and that's fucking the weird. First movie 
on the conservatory or whatever the hell that that thing's called uh, griffith um, observatory observatory yeah. yeah um where they're all there talking it's like at least we had that moment that kind of fleshed out the difference between jazz and ratchet whereas yeah. this one it's like I, even bumblebee just feels like background at all times yeah totally and it's and and it's so it's so um almost insulting to the franchise and again i stand by the fact that the people that make these movies want everyone to actually not like transformers there's a moment in this where they talk about the team. They're like, we got to go talk to the Autobots. And they go over. And what's the team doing, Andy? That's right. They're just parked. They're literally parked, not moving, not doing anything. I'm like, so these sentient beings, these Autobots that are real life like beings, like understand everything, have needs, have desires, have feel emotions. When there's nothing to do, they just transform back into their car. <laughs> and take park. a little nap. Yeah. They're they're just just maybe they're taking a nap. Yeah. It was so, it's so unbelievably like lazy. It's just fucking lazy of them. And they have all these human characters and I get it. Somebody made the call somewhere where they were like, it's not, we don't have what it takes to make these, these, uh, uh, to make people really un, like feel for these, these machines. So we have to have all these human characters and that, that, that the audience can sympathize with, which I just think was a huge mistake because I think if you, there's other movies that do that very, very well that make these other objects like feel like inanimate objects basically feel like they're real, i.e. any Pixar movie basically. Like um, like go watch Wally for Christ's sake and tell me that you're not fucking crying your eyes out at the end when that little robot has to do what he's got to do. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. Um, what does he do? I, he I, kills can't how, I can't remember how. Or he kills all the people. I think he just kills everyone. He has to. Mur- <laughs> Earth. Murders humans. <laughs> Murders all those overweight, obese people. Um, but yeah, but like, so that's just unfortunate because Shia LaBeouf, I stand by the fact that he's a great actor. I think oh, there's man. some great moments he's in so this one. But he cannot carry the whole fucking movie by himself. You've got, you've got Peter, what's his name? Uh, Optimus Prime. Well, what's Optimus Prime's Weller? guy's name? Peter Wells. No, Peter Weller's Robocop. Peter Cullen. Uh, Peter Cullen. Good actor. You got fucking uh, the guy that the, the sound wave is a good actor. Frank Welker. Yeah. Look, Frank, oh, so Frank, Frank Welker. Yeah. The original voice of Megatron and the original voice. of sound, He's the voice of Soundwave. Yeah. Let's, we got these great characters. Like, let's let them act against each other. We get a couple scenes with the fallen and Megatron that I'm like, okay, we're learning some shit here. We're seeing some character development with these bad guys. What's going yeah, on? Oh, Megatron's but, just, a, but then we so never the, go back. That's, that's another problem I have about just the elements being added for no reason. It's like, okay, Optimus dies in this movie and then he comes back in this movie. And it's like, that's way too quick for, any, for anybody to enjoy uh, the ramifications of it. But with, with the Fallen and um, Megatron, it's like, cool, that's interesting, I guess. But my problem with it is it's just throwing elements to kind of have this movie have a plot because in Transformers lore, it's like, sure, like the Fallen really didn't exist as a character until this movie. Like, yeah. it kind of did, but they just made him up for this. Why do you need to introduce an element of someone above Megatron? Like you haven't even defined the relationship well between Starscream and Megatron. Because so you need they to had a new leader because they killed Megatron in the first movie. But That's so dumb. Megatron shouldn't have even been in the first movie. Starscream should have been the bad guy in the first movie. Or for Christ's sake, Soundwave, who was fucking all of a sudden awesome, a terrifying character. I know he's supposed to be the communications thing, but like pick a, a uh, you pick a lieutenant. For the first movie is the bad guy. You don't just start with Thanos, right? They worked up to Thanos for like 22 movies. And then all of a sudden Thanos makes sense. I'm not saying Megatron needs to be on that size. But like maybe introduce that Megatron is there somewhere still fighting a war on Cybertron. And has sent his minion to Earth to find the Energon source. Or the Allspark to bring back to win the war. Don't have him just randomly show up. 55 minutes into a movie. And be like I'm the actual bad guy here. Not the, as, not the weird chopper. 
As someone who doesn't really know anything about Transformers lore, when there's that one snippet of dialogue between Starscream and Megatron, I'm like, oh, okay, this is the relationship. I mm-hmm. didn't know that. Yeah. Like, and I and I watched the cartoons as a kid, like, but I don't really remember much about it. So, how is anybody else going to know that? Well, <laughs> yeah, Starscream so was always sort of like his, his, Starscream was always his right hand man that was sort of plotting against him always, right? He always wanted yeah. Megatron to lose so that Starscream could take over. That's a perfect. That's such good motivation for a first movie. Starscream Dude, look, here, has come thing, to man. Earth and just wants to get the All Spark so he can beat Megatron. And then once Megatron figures it out, he comes back and like fucks him up in episode two or, or second movie, and then you can introduce. Cybertron as a planet that I don't know the fallen for the third movie you know but you can't just you, you, they blew their wad with the very first one they killed off Megatron and Optimus Prime and then they brought both of them back here and by the way the way they brought uh, uh, Megatron back is so unbelievably uh, world breaking because they had a shard of, of the Allspark that brought him back and guess what Sam had a fucking shard of the Allspark that could have just brought Optimus Prime back. Someone could have like, oh, if you just touch him with this thing or put it in this thing, he'll, it'll bring him back. We'll be fine. Yeah, man. So here, here's my thing, man. As a huge Transformers fan, it, I get the Greg Miller feelings here where it's like him having to deal with the DCEU being what it is, being as big a fan as he is. Being as These movies are what they are. I fucking get it. The difference is DC has the Dark Knight. DC has these amazing moments that – are like whether they're comics or animated shows or whatever it's like they have some like really good stuff there are some transformers cartoons there are some transformers comics that are fucking rad at the end of the day i can't argue that transformers is this amazing uh thing but what i can argue is that starscream is an amazing character unlike any other character we've seen starscream is an archetype of a character he is like to say like, oh like it's a he's the starscream and people know what that means and it's like to fuck up that character dynamic is just so bad because it's like that's that is what could have made these movies good. We could have Dude, made them special. His fucking name is Starscream. That's the <laughs> coolest bad guy name ever. Second, oh. maybe only to Megatron. He sounds like, like he's a part of Cri- a Kiss, honestly. That's a fucking. I mean, that's the highest compliment you can give someone. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking cool, man. All right, I, let's I get just feel like, plot. wait, hold on, really quick. One, <laughs> okay. one thing that I want to chime in. I feel like there's so many moments in the movie where I'm like, oh man, you could tell that Michael Bay thought that was funny and was like, oh the yeah, let's fucking? have let's have RC or Rat Trap fucking humping uh, her leg and she's gonna be cool with it because he didn't cheat, you know? Like, get out of here, you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, you piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, before you get the plot, I want to say a couple just real quick facts. Uh, two elements were added late into the film. The Autobot jolts uh, because General Motors wanted to advertise the Chevrolet Volt. And the railgun that kills Devastator, a new acquisition by the United States military. Pretty badass. Um, and as of 2011, this film holds the record for the highest number of paid product placements at 47. Holy yeah. shit. That makes sense. Pretty cool. That sure makes sense. You know why? Because we get four, not one, not two, not three, four GM commercials in this fucking thing. Oh, yeah, man. Where all the cars are just driving around. You're like, oh, we're just great. parked. <laughs> or just parked. What's the team up to? Oh, they're still parked. They're just parked. Dude, we I also get an, the hustle. I respect the hustle. We also Hell get yeah, an advertisement. Make that money. We get an advertisement for uh, cybernetic robot tongues also. Oh, we do. Oh, and cybernetic oh, robot hair. Fuck that character, man. Oh, oh, God. God, it pisses Great me character. Off. Great character. <laughs> Let's get into the plot, Nick. You got to give me the plot? I don't, I don't, uh, plot, 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 plot. Fuck this movie. Plot, 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 plot. We're all off seeing it's not working. It was pretty Mojo, good. Mojo, <laughs> stop dominating Frankie. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Welcome to Transformers 2. Andy, I can see your asshole hanging out of your pants, but it doesn't matter. Oh, man, even the opening credits of this movie take too long because we've seen it before. They, they use the, the, the sound effects underneath, and it's like, okay, we're still, we're still in these credits. Earth, birthplace of the human race, a species much like our own. Are they optimists? Because when we have nothing to do, we still move and breathe and do shit. <laughs> Or uh, sleep. We sleep. Yeah, or we sleep. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. You thought we were going to start in present time? No. We're going back to 17,000 BC. Why not? A tiger attacks some <laughs> hunters, and they don't care because Transformers are on Earth. Our worlds have met before, and these stupid hunters have zero concept of scale because they just go after these machines and start trying to hunt them down. And then when they get close, they're like, holy fuck, they're 50 feet tall. We greatly, greatly underestimated our ability to take these things down. Uh, the Transformers just flatten these things in 10 seconds flat, and then we get the cool Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. And then... We're back in Shanghai today. That's right. There's a chemical leak. Only it's That's not a right. chemical leak. The dude, the dude over the Pentagon that Michael Rosenbaum does a really good impression of is authorizing something. What's he authorizing, Kevin? That's right. He's strike. authorizing a strike. Then we cut to the shipyard where we get introduced to the new Autobots. Uh, I guess I'm assuming our product placement um, who have formed an alliance with Josh Dumel. And you guessed that you have to assume Fergie as well because I think they are a couple at this time. <laughs> it's a deal. She's not in this movie, but I have to imagine she was on set the entire time as just a liaison, you know? Uh, They are Nest. What does that stand for, Tim? I have no idea. I don't know either, but fuck it. I'll take it. The chemical spill was a cover. We've got some Decepticon hunting to do. Uh, Ironhide is there, and I think there's another Transformer there, and it takes a really long time for him to transform, but I don't give a shit because it's dope as hell. Um, he gets to read on the Decepticon, which is a fucking giant dig- digging machine called Wheelbot. And this is where I start thinking, did I misjudge this movie? Because Wheelbot is fucking cool as shit. And this whole scene is kind of like working for me. And is then it called Wheelbot? That's what I th- that's why I looked it up. That's what I thought it was. Because Devastator is huh. the one at the end. This one yeah. I think is Wheelbot. Those wheels are so big, man. <laughs> big wheels. <laughs> like watching those wheels in action, like holy shit, these are bigger than like three-story buildings. Oh Isn't my it god. It's crazy that those are real. It's now, crazy, yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Also, it's one really of the... quick, I looked sure. at Nest. It's non-biological extraterrestrial species treaty. Cool. Cool. They're reaching Where's right the there, B? Where, where they just they just tied try to get <laughs> the B out of there? What? I guess it's hyphenated. Non-biological. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one word. It's hyphenated. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Nebest. His name's Demolisher. Oh, was that Demolisher? I don't know where yeah. I got Wheelbot from then. <laughs> I think you <laughs> it just sounded like you. <laughs> oh, no. I got What's it from. I, name? No, I got it from the, the cast list. Uh, That's what well, it so said. An interesting thing about the Transformers movies that might not surprise you, uh, but there's no fucking consistency in character names or like whose alt mode is what like it is i mean literally the last movie had a character named devastator yeah so i mean i I was looking at the cast list as as it's popping up because i was watching this on amazon and uh it said it the actor wheel it said wheelbot and then i googled it and it looked like that so anyway what's it called wheelbot demolisher sure demolisher because let's call it demolisher because that's all Way cooler name. Uh, Demolisher pretty much is so fucking big. It pretty much ensures that the human beings have zero chance in this. Should probably not be in this fight at all. Um, thankfully, they still call in the RC twins who start fighting with an Audi R8. Now, I don't know where the Audi R8 came from. It was just kind of parked over in the corner the, the entire time. RC is the motorcycles. Yeah, those are the ones that come in and start no, fighting. The twins. the twins are mud flapping skids. Yeah, RC is yeah. three of them, right? Yeah. RC, the, motor, the female motorcycles come in and they start chasing, yeah. I think, the Audi R8, which I don't know what Decepticon that is. Again, another huge problem Sideways. with the movie. 
you have no idea who's who at what who's point where. were they involved i don't like you know it just someone chases sudden, after yeah, them. yeah they, no no no. i understand they just I mean, come that's in. what i'm saying like they start chasing someone and you're like oh they're gonna join the fight but no they're chasing someone else that they haven't established like at one point the what's the other guy comes in ironhide comes in with the sword sticks it on no, the ground sideswipe comes Side. in with a sword oh that's cool ironhide how can you tell who can know yeah. you can't but you he, don't know he, that's, he, no. he cuts he cuts a car in half that I was like, was that just a regular car? Or like, I mean, it looked like it had more going on. And then, yeah, and then he like, said, you know, well, no, we I'm see it transform, though. It transforms it when it jumps through the, the house of the dude's eating. It transforms and it transforms back. Really? That was, yeah. again, the, the, a oh, huge you're, problem you're right, I have with though. these. I like that one guy reacted and the other one was like, oh, I, I guess I didn't funny. hear it. No, I'm just People kidding. in China are just used funny. to that, apparently. They're just this used was, to it. It was supposed to be Barricade, the Mustang from the first movie, but... They were like, no, we want to get more cars in this. So they made it that, a different character named Sideways. It's so ridiculous. The, the the blocking of the action sequences in these Transformers movies is just so shoddily done. Where it and it makes sense what you said before, where they were like, let's just get the action sequences, some renders out, and then hopefully cobble them together. Like you just don't have any sense of where anyone is on the battlefield at any given time. And they do such a shitty job of setting up and creating some tension for the action scene to then break and be awesome anyway um like the last we'll get to the last sequence in about an hour from now but that last sequence where you're like what the fuck is happening in these pillars and how is this thing still going on everyone's just shooting at something and then not you never see what explodes it's horrible i want to say something real quick uh about the designs of the transformers i feel like it's such a bad thing that like we don't know who these characters are even me as a fan watching this i I don't like sideways i'm like i don't know you don't say that i just know it because i had the toy but it's like there's they're so they shoot for the the stars a little too quickly with this where it's like i feel like they should have had a cut like maybe three or four transformers in the first movie with with alt alt modes that make sense that we can understand they threw way too many things in this when we get a, a human girl can transform in this like that makes no fucking sense at all but on top of that this wheelbot demolisher thing it's like he is such a complex design where you're just like why does it need to be this overdone that it's just like we we don't get it. So that by the end we get Devastator, and it's like, oh, it's seven fucking Transformers combining together. That's not even clear. It just looks like a fucking bunch of shit happening. Yeah. And we, there's no sense of build where they play that off as as if it's supposed to be to the audience. Like, oh man, we ain't never seen something like this. But it's like you throw so many new elements that there's well, no that's a good point, right? You're talking about when you when you write escal- when you write an action movie like this, you want there to be an escalation of of action, right? You want there to be an escalation of stakes and action, and starting off with this giant machine and then ending with a machine that you go you get to Devastator, you're supposed to go, wow, that fucking thing is scary. But we've already seen something like that in the first ten minutes of the movie because you don't really have a sense of scale of how much bigger. Uh, the Demolisher is in the Devastator. Did I get that right? Is that his name? It's just so noisy, it's man. It doesn't matter. It's so like, noisy you, and so hard imagine, to keep track of. Can you imagine if Iron Man had the freaking nanotech armor in the first movie? Um, yeah. It would just no, be like, because oh, you got to work up to that. That's well, no, imagine, I mean, a better analog would be, imagine if you were watching like the scene at Avengers in, in New York and you had no fucking idea where any of them were or what they were fighting. They were just punching air and you never saw what they were hitting. That's kind of what all these scenes would be. Let's be keep fair, going. One is kind of like that. In the yeah, but it, but there's mo- there's moments where like, but then there's also moments where like the team fights together. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is awesome when you got brought. It. I mean, granted, they had to have something for Hawkeye to do, so we just go hey, pew, 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 the entire time. You're like Jeremy Renner, just jump off the building. Your character is not needed in this, in this <laughs> at all. 
fucking moron. What an idiot. What a fucking idiot. It's like this. Uh, Anyway, let's go. Oh, there's an ice cream truck, too, that splits into two cars for comic relief. And that's, I guess that's version one of Mudflap and Skid. Uh, Ironhide. Why would they need to combine when they're in their, like, uh, car mode? Why wouldn't they just be two smaller cars or two motorcycles? Because it's not because they needed comedy relief in this movie. And they're not even good at staying combined. No. Anyway, um, I think Sideswipe kills the Audi. Um, And then let's see. An airdrop sport brings in Optimus Prime. I think they call him Bigfoot, which I thought was cool. Or maybe they call him the big guy. I can't remember. But they were like, they were like, well, I think his codename was Bigfoot. I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. Big Buddha. Um, Big Buddha. I think it was Big Buddha. Cool, cool. That's cooler. Uh, anyway, Optimus Prime comes in, and yeah, someone was like, "One day they're going to make an Iron Man movie, and Iron Man Two is going to start with Iron Man just jumping out of this plane, it's a, and it's going to be so cool." So let's just do that scene before them. Optimus Prime jumps out, and then he uh, he tells Wheelbot to pull over, and then he slices him apart. Pretty much easy as pie. I think at some point someone calls someone a bitch, but I think that maybe that's later in the movie. Uh, Con punk. He calls him, yeah, punk ass. <laughs> Let's see. Punk ass Decepticon. That's what it was. Ironhide. Punk ass. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, Optimus, uh, I guess, shoots him, but not before Wheelbot's like, your eyes are fucked. The fallen shall rise again. And Optimus is like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bro. And then shoots him in the face. Um, then we cut over to Sam Witwicky. We were all wondering, guys. I know you guys were wondering what's happened, not to Sam Witwicky, but what is the state of his parents? And I just need to know at all times where they're at, Thank what God. their emotional state is, whether or not his mom accidentally ate a pot brownie and just have some hilarity that ensues in that one. So uh, Sam is is leaving for college and his mom is sad, but his dad just wants him the fuck out of there because ever since he was born, that's right, Kevin, naked time has been canceled and his dad is horny to mm-hmm. the point where he's slapping ass every time she walks by and Shia LaBeouf, the big old boof himself calls him out. And he says, I'm watching what you're doing, dad. It's not a rap video. And I laughed out loud on that one. <laughs> and then we get so- the best line of this whole movie. Oh my God. We look over and Mojo is just getting it on with Frankie, the French bulldog. And he goes, Mojo, stop dominating. <laughs> that line got me. That line got, got me. Dude, I fucking love these parents, man. I can't believe I'm sitting here in 2020. Was, I was, said it last week, and I'm saying it this week. <laughs> they might be my favorite part of this fucking movie. Was it's Frank so in the first series movie? on Disney Plus? That's just what are the Wikis up to, man? Oh man, w- was Frankie in the first movie? Wikis. Yeah, uh, no, Frankie was not in the first movie. They so got they a second. Just, dog. They got a second dog. All right, cool. It happens, Kevin. Sometimes people just randomly get dogs. Um, let's see. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, great uh, the, joke, Nick. That's a great he, joke. You're he has a conversation. <laughs> he calls up Megan Fox, <laughs> and she tries to break up with him. Now, let's see. Uh, hey, how how should I uh, be? Oh, on that's the what this is. Sorry, that's no, no. Here. Before we get to that, the the whole point of the dad, the dad gives him a talk where he's like, "Listen, man, there's a lot of fish in the sea. Are you sure you you want to go into college with a girlfriend?" Because his dad's like, "I married your mom at a very young age, and I wish I had fucked more women." I don't know what his point is here because so everyone knows parents. That the dorky Sam Witwicky will never bang someone as hot as Megan Fox ever again. So if I was his dad, I'd be like this, son, you need to just marry her right now. Marry her right now because until she realizes that she can do way better than you. It's so funny because her response is – or his response is like, yeah, but she's hot. And then it just cuts to her like just fucking on this motorcycle. She doesn't say anything. It just was to be like, oh, yeah, remember she's hot. Andy, when you went to art school – Okay. You went to art school for four years, right? I did, yeah. And when and they taught and then you went to motorcycle painting class. 
-hmm. Did they say that you have to, when you paint something, do you want to be dead on to it? Or do you want to be laying on top of it, painting with your left hand and wearing shorts so fucking short that you can actually see into the woman? I like saw you lips. can see yeah. into her. Like I, I know what the inside of her ovaries look like. Stop. That's how short these shorts. Going too far. Yeah, it's a little too far. Also, yeah. she's a terrible painter because that little graphic she was painting looked terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, this whole scene is like, okay, guys, like we get what you're going for, but like, nah, it's this okay. Scene, it's, working. it's great. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's it is one of those where you're like this scene would never fly in 2020, but guess what? This movie wasn't made in 2020, so I get to just enjoy all aspects of this. <laughs> It's right. You are on fire, Nick. Oh, man. Michaela calls to break up with Sam again, but her heart's not really into it because she just wants him to be free. And he's like, listen, I've got it all figured out. Uh, he got, I got you a webcam so we can mutually masturbate together. And she's like, great. And then he goes, say the word. Say, say, I like when you say camshafts. Say it again. And Andy, when she says camshafts. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's why it took Andy two and a half hours to, to watch this movie. When he first said it, I was like, come on, chill out, all right? No one says camshafts hot. And then she said it, and I was like, I get it. I get it. You fuck. I get it. I, I did love, though, totally the product of the time where those really old, shitty, the ball sphere <laughs> like webcams, the Logitech sphere webcams. I remember oh, those. So good. I Sam is, of course, packing for college, and he grabs his old shirt that he wore during the first uh, Transformers movie, and what should fall out? A sliver of the cube, a splinter of the cube, excuse me, what they call it. Uh, when he touches it, he gets on a flash of all the uh, the Cybertron words, uh, or the symbols, rather, the Transformer language, whatever the fuck it is, um, and then he drops it, and it melts. It's the language of the primes, Nick. The language of the primes, I apologize. A, I apologize. Your lore. a shard of the cube falls, which gives him visions of the language of the primes, which right. will lead him to the matrix, matrix of, leaders. of the leaders. <laughs> yep. Um, that's 100%. Now, if you're asking yourself, does that hold up to anything that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote? I think it does. I think it does. You're such a shit. You're right. You're, such You're right. I get it. <sighs> when it hits the kitchen, all sorts of it, 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 it nukes all the appliances around and they all start coming alive and they all start fighting. Um, and then Sam gets attacked by the small machines and he jumps out the window. But thankfully, Bumblebee's been in the garage the whole time and he bursts out and just destroys the entire house. He saves kills. everyone, right? I mean, these these things had like guns and small missiles. Why are they always so mean this. and why do they always have weapons? Why are Little there no complex. nice ones? You know what I mean? Oh I, I hate this shit so much. It's going back to what I'm saying of just like needlessly complicating designs and shit where I'm like, we didn't need these fucking things. Like it breaks the reality of what Transformers can be. Exactly. Um, but it doesn't matter because uh, Sam scoops up the little cube and gives it to Michaela who shows up. Uh, Sam has to have a hard conversation with uh, Bumblebee where he's like, I can't take you with me, man, because for some reason I'm going to the only college uh, in the US, United States of America that doesn't allow freshmen to have cars. Now, if you're a freshman in college, you're 18 years old, which means you've been driving. High, any high school will let you have a car. But for some reason, because we need a reason for him to part ways, it's not just good enough for him to be like, listen, you're wasting your potential. Everyone else out there is hunting. You don't need to protect me anymore. Just go out there again. And also, I'm going to the university of we hate cars. So freshmen can't have cars, apparently. <laughs> BBA, of course, BBA, excuse me, Bumblebee starts crying. <laughs> and you're like, oh, don't give me the old fucking waterworks, Bumblebee. Uh, meanwhile, Michaela's outside. Wait, 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 we have a cute wait. little. Why yeah. does, like, I, it's such a, to me, it blows my mind that they're maintaining this, like, oh, Bumblebee can't talk. Why is it that he can play, like, pre recorded audio that has never been on the radio, where it's like movie clip audio? <laughs> and he can't yeah, just have, like, pre recorded like, words, like, yes or no. Probably. 
Huh? There's a moment. <laughs> internet. He's playing YouTube clips. There's a moment the at the end where they just ran out of things for him. Like they couldn't figure out other quotes. So they just play half of Forrest Gump. And you're like, oh my oh, God. Seriously. <laughs> There's so much Forrest Gump in Green Day in this fucking movie. I'm like, what? Okay, cool. I mean, like, why don't we just get Tom Hanks to voice this thing? We'll just cut out the fucking middleman. Anywho, uh, Michaela has a cute scene where she strips down outside and brings him flowers. And Tim, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm this is one I mean, of those it's, scenes where it's like, you're a fucking pervert for shooting this. Whoever was uh, behind the camera should have been like, no. <laughs> like, I not will gonna, not stand for like, this. Guys, no, 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 no. I do not <laughs> do want this think, on my resume. Do you think it's weird that – do you think it's? You think this might have been one of the reasons why Megan Fox called fucking Michael Bay a complete asshole, like douchebag creep, oh, and then he like ended her career? It's just weird because I'm like, there. You could have shown this, and it would have been totally fine and cute if it, if we didn't literally see her asshole. It's like, That's true. That's true. Now the thing is, this the part I'm calling cute, rather. Sorry, I apologize. Was not her stripping down. It's when no, he comes right. out and she's holding. She has flowers for him, which that pretty much is all you would have need it to have, right? He comes but, out. He's holding flowers. And Andy, let me ask you this question: yeah, When's the ahead. last time a woman got you flowers? Poof, never. Isn't it about time that changes, Kevin? Don't you just want to come home every once in a while to a nice little bouquet of flowers? Never, I like Andy. Never. Not even like oh, a man. small tree? No. Huh. My wife got me flowers one time, and I was like, this is what it feels like to feel pretty. This is what it feels like. Kevin, I've been very unloved my whole life. All right. That makes Andy, me so I'm gonna sad for you. Let's talk about it right now. No, I, uh, I, I do want to say, though, that you, what you alluded to earlier, Nick, is perfectly sort of just, just spelled out here, where he says... Hey, you've got options. I don't. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's so true. And, and that and he's like, look, I want to kind of play the hard to get game. I don't want to say I love you yet. And this, yeah, this I don't want to be like, too fast, you know? Well, she and she calls it. She goes, Is this is this part of your plan to keep me like interested in you? Like you denying me, like saying you love me? And he goes, Yes. She goes, because it's working. And I'm yeah, like, I like, that. I like the, the little moment. They, they I thought they had some some decent chemistry. Me too. They have they do. I'm like, all right, I want to see you guys fuck. And honestly, the the B story of them having to deal with him going away to college, the long distance relationship, I think that's a universal that's, that's a good story to me. I'm like, that's cool. That's that's good that you guys wrote that in here because there wasn't too much of that in the first one. And I do like these scenes. I really can't I wait to see how the relationship develops in the next movie. I'm very excited. Oh to see man, that. I bet I bet they get married or something. Who knows? Um anyway, a little spy uh Decepticon spots the 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 the, the splinter in Michaela's bag and calls it over to Soundwave, who is just floating in space and it's scary as shit Dude. and it's so cool it is so cool i wish they'd like tripled down on him in this movie and like gave him a little bit more i love the the homages to the original sound wave of when he like normally sound wave ejects the cassettes he right out rampage. Comes out. he does that here though awesome. with, with ravage and i'm like it's pretty cool but uh i just you're right nick it's scary it's cool it's like i like the idea of soundwave now being a satellite i'm like that is what i wanted to see from the michael bay transformers movies it's like yeah, let's modernize really cool. this make it fucking cool but yeah because he was yeah. always like the communication transformer right or the deceptive speaker right, right? he's he the lieutenant like of communication for man and, he, and guess what he's so cool in the final the scene too, where you don't see him again um yeah. or maybe Real quick, i can't remember before we move on from that kev can we can we we have an, uh, the segment called uh which bot is hot andy I've given you the assignment to create the theme song for which bot is hot. I'm sure you've been working all week on it. Which bot is hot? Yeah. I backed you up on that. You guys nailed it. Anyway, here we go. Are you ready? I'll get that. Get that still Chloe right there. That's a profile photo. 
Hello, welcome back to the hot robot ranking of the Transformers movies with yours truly, Chloe Naylor, Echo Chloe. If you know me, you know. If you don't, you don't. It's fine. Today, we're talking about Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Clearly the best one of the Shia LaBeouf movies. While it's so hard for me not to pick Devastator with the just huge gaping mouth hole and swinging balls, balls. I'm gonna have to go with my man's Soundwave. I love that sexy satellite man. This is killing me that I can't pick Starscream for any of these. He's he's a triangle. He's a giant Dorito. He doesn't get any sexier, and it kills me. Hello, it's welcome a, back to the so hot robot range. So true. Abomination. What, what, has he always been type of a of a football like of a little? Andy, the, no. Like, Do you really not know? He was the coolest fucking ever. He was because like a, um, you guys froze for a second there when I was transitioning back to me. Uh, Kev, okay. Kev, can you can you Google Starscream right now? Yeah, he Man. was like a. I don't, he wasn't an F fourteen. He was I, like a fan. Here's the thing: I like can, but I don't cool think you guys won't be able to see it. You know. Let's keep moving on. He's going to do that. But yeah, you should I'll look up Starscream. Go, Starscream was also the original actor for Starscream. He had this like really high pitched, high pitched, so cool, God, and it was fucking awesome. He was kind of like he kind of sounded like um, Cobra Commander a little bit, and maybe that voice actor was the same. Who knows? We don't really we didn't think about that when we were kids. It was just the magic of animation. It, anyway, it just it just looks like the current Starscream shape. I'm looking at the old one. He looks pretty rad. But the current Starscream scape, uh, shape, it looks like he isn't really happy with his appearance. Oh yeah, no, he's like, the, you oh, can tell yeah. he's not stoked about he's his got, like robot form. He's got uh, he trouble has, walking too. Like, so in this movie, he has Decepticon tattoos. I don't know if you saw that, but like, was that oh, him? Well, I thought that was a different jet. one. Oh, that's Starscream. That's yeah. oh, great. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's see. Over at the Secret Nest base, Mudflap and Skids are getting a new paint job while Josh Dumel uh, takes Director Calloway, uh, easily the best character in this whole thing, over to meet the Autobots, who apparently, again, just sit completely still in car form when there's nothing to do. Uh, Soundwave hacks into a military satellite in space and intercepts a transmission between Nest and the Pentagon. Uh, Optimus tells the general that the Fallen shall rise again and they don't know what the fallen are and the general's like get just come back to me when you have some fucking concrete evidence sir uh the all spark contained their history and it's gone so we don't know what the fallen are uh callaway interrupts them uh and wants to know why the decepticons are still there if the all spark is gone then callaway asks the new transformers uh he's like there we see some there's new transformers on your team what what the hell are they doing here um and they're doing nothing apparently callaway tells the audience where megatron is just to remind them that that and where the shard is just to remind them that these things exist uh he thinks that the decepticons are there to hunt down the well, it's not it's not yeah. just to tell them that they exist it's to tell soundwave right. where megatron yeah, is because yeah, like point, he just happened to like break in and steal this information at the exact perfect moment where they're having the conversation why why didn't they just do it where he's like he's been set up for weeks pulling together intel instead it's like no no, no he connected we see him connect to the satellite and he because just happens Kevin, to hear the conversation that has all the information there's so many good details the writers want you to know they have to just get it all in <laughs> There's so many good things. Uh, anyway, there's uh, we, we establish in the scene that there's a, another shard left, which is very, very important because it means the one that Shia LaBeouf has is every bit less important. Um, and thus ensuring that we that we kind of forget that he's got that. And then we're kind of muddled as to what these shards of the thing can do. Also, are there more shards out there? Is this thing like Kryptonite or just going to keep coming back when we need a plot device? I don't know. It's funny uh, that the shard originally killed Megatron and now it brought Megatron back to life. Well, like, they, ha the they, they had to sacrifice a little droid to do it. 
Um, let's see. Also, like when they're like, oh, you know, he didn't have a leg. We'll get to it. Uh, Callaway wants Optimus and his team to leave. And he goes, but before your president decides, ask him this. What if we leave and you're wrong? And then the guy's like, what if we leave and you're right? And Optimus is like, touche. We're out. We're going to leave. I love, like, it's so dramatic when he says, like, what would you do if you're wrong? And, and then Joshua Mill's like, one shot, do yeah. me. Doomy's like, do me. Good question. It's a good question. Do me. Yeah, Doomy's trying to be like the comic relief there. But it's like, all right, Doomy. You're, you're handsome. Man. You're handsome. That's about it, bro. You know. Yeah. I just, I just have to imagine this movie could have been so much better if it was thirty minutes like less, and we didn't need to see Tyrese ever because he adds <laughs> nothing to this movie. Or actually, for that, for that fact, Josh Dumel either because he really doesn't do shit either. I was anyway. wondering how much did Tyrese pay for to be in this one. <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. He had to take a loan from Will Smith for like $5 million. So he's not great with his money. Let's you're just, right, let's just right. say that. Anyway, um, the coll- uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Sam heads to college, and there's lots of hotties here. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Stop but, the presses. Wait, this is where we get. There's an amount of like models just walking oh, around. Absolutely. They all it. are better looking than Megan Fox. What, how do they explain it? Explain it because the the guys fucking hacked the computers to make sure all the hot girls are in the same door. Yeah, that's uh, genius. Yeah, guys, here's where we get introduced to a character that I hope, I really hope, becomes the central character of everything in Transformers. As we said before, Transformers One suffered from a lack of new characters that could do absolutely that gave nothing to do. Thankfully, they've decided to introduce this new character into the ecosphere, and I'm so excited to tell you guys about Leo. That's right. Another great-looking tech nerd who can't get laid and just is all angsty. And that's what this needs. Because when your main character is the exact same as a side character, it builds everything. Yeah, right? sure it doesn't. Does. It, sure it does creates it. a fun dynamic where they sound and look exactly the same. And that's what the audience wants. To be oh, this scene is so aggressive. It's aggressive. It's aggressive. Uh, Leo's running a site called fucking What the F is Going On or whatever. Uh, the real F and deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which is available site. now for purchase. I just checked. Oh, we should we should purchase that and 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 post this link. It, it should just be a URL for it. How fucking bad this movie is. Um, he's got a whole team of people working for him. And at first, you're like, "Is this guy sexy?" And they're like, "No, he's a fucking dork." Uh, the the real specializes in trying to find videos of Transformers and post them so that people cool can get hits and also uh, show them to the world. And they're talking about the Shanghai thing and the LA thing. And Shia's like, "I wasn't there. How would I know? I wasn't there." Great played by Shia. All, all um, of this this bit about. <clears throat> the the conspiracy theory stuff it could have been so cool it's not it definitely is not but like again this goes back to like imagine if the plot of this movie was nest and the autobots are hunting decepticons and there's conspiracy theorists and we're gonna keep it let's stop there yep could have been, cool. been cool could have been cool but we got to get the booth back in somehow. We have to have more people. Um, and the then, of booth. course, it's, it's established that RobotWarrior.com is their main competitor. And he keeps scooping them. They're like, how do they do it? Maybe we'll see him later. Uh, let's see. Sam tries to transfer rooms. But apparently, the 47-year-old RA says no. Uh, then, of course, Sam's not. We need, this scene's not zany enough. We need. It's too I much did. tension between these two hot lovers. <laughs> Nick, I never noticed how old the RA was. You're right. That was like a full-blown, like, adult. college adult. Yeah, and that's not like, RA's work. She's like my contemporary, and I'm old as fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Sam's mom bought. Guess what, guys? She bought a weed brownie from someone who was a white Rastafarian, and she's like, "Fuck it, we need this scene to go on longer." How uh, did she not like? How is she an adult that lived through the years that she did and was like, "I don't know. It's got a you know, it's got a leaf on there." 
She I knew she was getting high. All of this shit. She I was trying to these get parents fucked up. Are just horny as fuck. The uh, this entire franchise. But there's the scene where she gets high. What's the first thing she does? Go outside and talk to all their hot girls about fucking her son. Yeah. About how they should fuck her son, even though she has he has a girlfriend. Yeah. I, I great, just like look like th- there are some funny lines within this sequence, but it goes on for forty percent too long. Yeah, well, it's also like, we don't needed. need to see her tackle a guy. In the <laughs> no, field. like what's going on in this movie, man? So these scenes at college were shot at both the University of Pennsylvania and University. However, neither school is named in the film, as both schools felt that the Judy Whitwicky scenes were damaging to their image. Yeah, that's Good. probably pretty accurate. Um, of course, we're also introduced to Alice here, um, who is, is going to play a pivotal role in this movie and then immediately get killed. Uh, Soundwave shoots Ravage. Is that what the dog's name was? Mm-hmm. Next, uh, at the nest base. I think this is cool. I like how it just shoots him out and then he just lands in the water and pops out and he's scary as fuck. Um, he rolls that's over. So fast. It's the yeah. like the the most protected thing, dude. He gets in and out in like fucking two seconds, two minutes. He sh- yeah, he shoots the little balls down, the little or and then which form a little origami gun wrapper transformer, uh, and they start hacking. Did you see what they were called? What are they called? Um, uh, Insecticons. That's cool. Oh. As fuck. That's what the subtitles called it. That's cool as fuck. It's, um, the Insecticons are a thing that yeah. upsets me. That, yeah, <laughs> but whatever. At first, I was like, why are they so fucking flat? And then when they jumped through the guy, I was like, all right, I don't hate this. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tim, I, I read a piece of trivia that said they were thinking about calling them the uh, Dinobots. Mm, mm. Michael Bay was like, we're not fucking putting the Dinobots in this movie. He was like, he put his foot down and he's like, I know everyone wants them. We're not fucking doing it. No, because you save that for the third never happen. Yeah, it'll never happen. Or whatever, whatever movie they come back. Uh, anyway. No future spoilers. Let's see. Uh, let's see the dog. It really, this scene could have been so cool. It could have given uh, Josh Jumel and Tyrese something cool to do. But no, instead, this thing just breaks in and is super easy and then leaves. And everyone's like, oh, well, that, that sucks. That, that cool. happened. The bad guys um, have the thing. Bad guys have the thing. Anyway, over back in college, Leo and Sam attend their first frat party, even though apparently this was the very first night of their webcam uh, that he, that Michaela and him were supposed to have. Uh, they were supposed to have a web chat, maybe take their pants off and just get a little squishy. What, why and, is he uh, – like at no point do we see him think, oh, I need to give her a call or I better totally. get back to go give her a call. What the fuck? Why it's would bizarre. he not give a fuck? Did you see the outfit she was in? Clearly, it was a special thing for them. I have no idea. And I have to imagine that somewhere, if I were writing this, I would have been like, oh, it's because the shard was interrupting his thought process and he was taken out. Um, but instead, we don't get any of that. We just get him nope. going to his first frat party. He starts. He does start having a little bit of the shard stuff fucking with him. He does. And I'll tell you this. He makes the decision to not call her, though. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Stupid. He doesn't very, even very bring weird. it up to his friends. And I'll tell you this, guys, though. I, I will say this. This is where I had a cathartic moment. I had a moment yeah, of revelation this here. Okay. This is, is my it? revelation moment because I went to a lot of shitty college parties. I went to some frat parties. I went to some non-frat parties. And I never once saw a cake at any of these parties. And I feel fucking cheated, okay? Because yeah. I want to go to the cool frat parties where people have money and the foresight, especially as dudes, to buy a cake. Yeah. I see anyway. this party. I'm like, like uh, you know, sure, my my college life may have been you know fairly sheltered and maybe i just stayed inside and played a lot of smash bros with friends i was you know i wasn't smashing with my bros we were just playing video games the whole time but i see this and this is just your like to me i see this it's a typical college movie this is how people party and like i've just never seen that with the crazy like like sure there's sometimes lights at these parties but this looks just like this looks like they're gonna have a gangbang. <laughs> like, no, you know what close, this looks like. This close, looks like the. Go sorry, ahead, go. Tim. How close was this to the parties at Davis that you would tell me about? 
I mean, I've like been to parties is... that, that that are they're similar, yeah. but like definitely not on this scale of right. budget. Of course, I mean this is a movie <laughs> yeah, the, party. Uh, the, Dude, that's the, mostly the, what I'm talking about. The budget is always the, so the production value. Yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, but like Jesus, it starts off, and I swear to God, for a second, I thought it was the scene from Bad Boys One, One where they got a club. Exactly. <laughs> where it's just well, short the, skirts and gorgeous models. And I'm like, mm, an interesting okay. thing, Nick, is, and it's not for this case, but uh, Michael Bay commonly reuses footage from his in other movies. And uh, future spoilers, kind of, uh, in the next movie, like there's actually scenes from uh, the island. That, Are there like, really? The, whole, the chasing, it's literally the identical thing. They just added Transformers on top. Hell yeah. It's pretty cool. And the club scenes, they do that as well, but not bad boys specifically because i don't think cool, bad though? like is, is finding moments where like the director figure out a way to save money out. cool out a lot. oh yeah am I? we can't hear you yeah oh sorry uh tim you're cutting out yeah. a little bit too just a heads up oh damn kevin getting what? firing well, back damn firing back. <laughs> clap back, kevin. Clap back. Dude, I, I was just saying hey. uh, like is it cool <laughs> when a director like we see moments of him like figure out ways to save money no, I think not so. Right. Not when it's not no. distracting to you. Like you wouldn't fucking know when you watch. Like to this day, I see those scenes and there's like YouTube things that put them yeah, side I've by seen side, the... and it blows my mind. Where I'm like, what the fuck? Like I would have never noticed that because it looks equal equality. But uh, mm -hmm. Nick, this scene, this party scene, whatever. I do want to jump ahead real quick to the fucking car. Bumblebee coming, parking inappropriately, all that being fucking. Oh up. god! But the, the 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 humor of this guy in this shirt. Got, well, first off, again, loud, dude. again, so, okay, uh, one beat quick here. Alice comes in hard. Alice comes, starts getting oh. hard on Sam Witwick, and he's like, bro, I want to get away from this. And then he walks outside because there's a commotion. Who does he see? Of course, Bumblebee has pulled up. And the frat boys, man, they're not having this because Andy, again, rule number one for this mm -hmm. college, freshmen can't have cars. This is a no. very big no-no. You have to imagine back in the day, a freshman's car went rogue and started killing everyone else. And that was just a big no-no. And everyone's been just totally, totally pissed off about that since. The freshman, one of the frat boys yells at him and says, hey, freshman, that your car on our bushes? And Shia LaBeouf goes, no, it's a friend of mine. He went to get you a tighter shirt. <laughs> and his buddy goes, there is no tighter shirt. We looked at <laughs> Like a good line of dialogue, a good. Like why could it back and forth? Why could it all be humor be that funny? Yeah. Who wrote that line? Let that guy write all the funny. Oh moments. god, it's yeah. so it's unbelievable. No one would ever talk that way. It doesn't matter. It's fucking funny, man. Yeah, like funny. I wish that this entire movie was that level of me too intensity in in everything. Like that's such a that's such a line from like Twenty One Jump Street or Neighbors or something totally. like that. That's. It, like I love Word. when movies do that. It's like I want more of that type of humor. But why can't we have more of that? Why do we have to have robots fucking Megan Fox's foot? You know. So Dude, I, so I, here's I, here's a question I have for you guys. All right, all all of us here uh, were on a show called uh, X Men in Review. I was there where yeah. where we reviewed the, the X Men movies. Um, we eventually got to the third X Men movie, and one of our biggest criticisms of it were where's the X Mansion? Where uh, is a lot of the, the 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 San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge. How are they going back and forth so quickly? How did Bumblebee get from L.A. to Pennsylvania the same day? How does Megatron fly from Earth to Cybertron in like a half hour? That shit, whatever. Like, it's, he's Cybertron shit. Like, Wait, no, that wasn't Cybertron, that. There's right? space bridges. There's all this fucking shit. Wait. But Bumblebee's a car. <laughs> You're right. I don't know where yeah. the Fallen was, but somehow he gets to the Fallen fast. And also, well, it doesn't matter because the SR-71 has the capability of teleporting. Yeah. So we're just making shit so up So does the Fallen. 
space. Everyone can teleport Wait, except but, for wasn't, He wasn't in Jupiter when he flew, right? Megatron? Or he was, I have he no wasn't fucking he idea Jupiter? where he was. I have no idea where Jupiter? they were. One of the moons, I assumed. They had crashed in the like, arc-like ship. Is that what it was? Yeah. Anyway, okay. uh, let's move on here. Let's see. Uh, of course, Sam tries to get out of there because there's something happening, and Alice gets in the car, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a great scene. And then BB-8 starts literally physically abusing this BB-8. poor woman. BB-8. <laughs> I just call it a BB-8. Like, not abusing. at first. At first, it starts playing, like, sexy songs. No, right? it starts playing songs about your like lying cheating heart and, your, and all these things. Yeah, okay, which I thought right. was fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh and then he, and then BB just B, Bumblebee is like you're 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 not getting the message here, so I'm just gonna come all over your face. I'm gonna robot <laughs> come all over your face. And she's like, oh, it's in my, and then Sam's like, it's in my mouth. Oh, okay. and she's like, got my hair, got my hair. You know, they're always pissed off when he gets in the hair. The eyes oh, still by the hair. Oh god, Nick. But Ooh. this whole scene is so fuck. All of it's so stupid. But I love Shia LaBeouf so much. I'm just like, ah, it's in my mouth. And yeah. Out about it, like it's so. so so Alice, uh, I guess, figuring out that a human, a real human, would react this way, gets out of the car and and, and feels uh, slighted. And then uh, Bumblebee brings him, uh, uh, Sam, over to uh, Optimus Prime, who is in a cemetery, I think. And it just and he's like, "Listen, Sam, the the entire American government is starting to doubt whether or not we should be here. So I need you to step up and become an ambassador." for uh for transformers everywhere and sam's like that's the stupidest fucking idea i've ever heard in my life <laughs> i am a freshman in college and i'm not even allowed to have a car they're not gonna believe me the president Why of the united states the president give believe. a fuck what i have to say i like, have no there idea was a, there was a, an army guy like a soldier yeah. how about was like, yeah I lieutenant josh him 100 yeah. <laughs> and, and the president was like fuck you you know damn man, your camera josh looks really Jumel. good <laughs> Anyway, uh, Optimus goes, listen, man, you got to do it because fate rarely calls upon us at a moment of our choosing. And Shia's like, that's a really cool thing to say, bro, but I just want a normal college life and I want to get my fuck on. And Optimus is like, you know what? If I had a real penis, I probably would want to do that too, kid. It's cool. And then he leaves. Over in the ocean, a bunch of Decepticons jump off a cargo ship because they they now know where Megatron is. Uh, and then they kill a little Decepticon for spare parts or something. I don't know. And use the, the shard. Because he, he lost a leg. Oh, he lost a leg. So they so they do that. Um, and then they use the they use the shard they stole from Ness to bring back Megatron, who just fucking plows through a submarine. Hey, great plan, guy who Michael Rosenbaum does a good impression of. That whole defense network that you set up around this thing and it, it worked like a charm. Because there's nothing better to defend against hypermobile robots than a slow moving submarine that can only shoot torpedoes. That's smart. Why don't we bury this thing underneath the Alps and let a fucking polar bear guard not, it next time? Why not have a, a, a good, good an Autobot just hanging out there? Maybe <laughs> maybe two Autobots at, at each of these very important places. You yeah, know? or keep keep them in the facility so you can have or Autobots. Polar bear. Or a polar bear. Yeah. I don't know how helpful a polar bear would be. About as helpful as this submarine. Yeah, he does yeah, literally. Sure. It doesn't even get a shot off before it gets torn apart. Um, Megatron returns to wherever the hell the Fallen is um, to yell at Starscream and uh, for not saving him. Starscream's like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, I don't know, man. This plan is stupid anyway. Uh, but he's like, then he's like, I got to go fucking talk to my boss. He goes over to the Fallen and says, listen, we lost the AllSpark. Uh, and the Fallen's like, listen, dude, it's cool. Uh, the AllSpark ain't what it used to be. Fear not. The knowledge and power of the AllSpark cannot be destroyed, only transformed into a horny college freshman. That's right. It's in Sam who is horny. The Fallen wants his revenge. 
against the primes who fucked him over and only a prime only one prime exists uh but without more energon the hatchlings they're making for reinforcements will keep dying and i'm like oh that's a cool plot point that they're never gonna bring back ever ever it it it, all it's there for is just oh why are the bad guys doing what they're doing oh because they have a plan we need more energy tell us there is a plan what the fuck right uh so anyway then we're go over to class where guess what this movie needed more comedy relief who do we bring in Andy? more horny people who do we bring in dwight schrute is on the case guys sexy dwight is hot james bond hot oh he comes in and the girls in the front row again this whole school i want to go i should have gone to this college because apparently it's just all smoking hot the same looking brunette models are soaking wet in this front row. And then there's a reveal after Dwight is being fucking inappropriate with every line of dialogue (laughs) that the Dean is in the room. She wanted some other show too, dude. The Dean is auditing the class and the Dean wants a little bit of that Rain Wilson dick. Let's put up a sign in the front row, ladies and gentlemen. Slippery when wet. Anyway, Sam starts reading through an astronomy book. Caution, wet while raining. (laughs) That was really good, Andy. Coming through in a clinch. Uh, Sam starts freaking out because he starts reading through the astronomy book and then all of a sudden knows everything about astronomy. And guess what? Einstein was wrong. We're like, oh, that's an interesting thing. And then I'm like, I'm really confused by this. And he starts freaking out. Everyone thinks he's just having an episode. Um, and so the teacher's like, get the fu- this is my domain. Get the fuck off my stage. He's clearly he's having like, wow. some sort of like mental breakdown. Yeah. And what does Rain do? He's just an asshole. Yeah. Like when a student stands up and like just freaks out in front of him, he just kicked him out. And he was like, hey, don't fucking take away the show from me. All right, this is my show. This is my like, day. Clearly, this it's kid like, has some sort of mental disability. Like this is, like it, it, it like I've he's off his meds. He's like yes. bipolar in this. And yeah. like, oh my god, we should probably call someone who can come help this poor kid. But instead, the dean and the head professor of the school are like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Let kid. me. Make you don't have what it takes. I, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. When they made the comment about the dean, and then they cut to the dean, and she's like. <gasps> Yeah, <laughs> I was really happy what? that they did that because yeah, honestly, that I scene was falling un- flat. Like, I didn't understand what they were going for. <laughs> when I don't that think happened. they did either. But, but uh, again, I do want to go back to really quickly where you know Rain Wilson is trying to be this like sexy teacher, and he says a line, and these girls look at each other like, <laughs> and like he, he drops the like, apple, he and he drops says, the apple. Finish that. What? Why are they so horny? Like, it's so crazy. It reminds you of in Rick and Morty when when uh, everybody wants to bang Morty because they've been like cursed or whatever. Like, that's the vibe that I'm getting here where everybody's just like like constantly wanting to bang. It's it so was bizarre. a love, love potion that was airborne. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think, I think this was a slight, and I could be totally wrong about this, but I think this might have been a slight homage to uh, Indiana Jones. Where every time he would teach class, all the girls in the class were in love with him because he was like a super famous archaeologist who got in all these adventures and was again Harrison uh, fucking think, yeah, Ford. Was Harrison fucking team. Ford is what it so was. he was gorgeous. Like there's a moment in I, I, I think it was yeah the girl that blinks and she's got the love you written on her eyelashes. Yeah, or, uh, See, Nick, yeah. here's the thing. Like no, this is not an homage because name one single character in this franchise so far that isn't horny as fuck because it's like okay cool leo and his friends they don't have a line of dialogue that's not inappropriately about trying to hunt girls down Tim, right the the fuck sam's parents are just trying to they're trying to fuck all the time they're trying to get their son to fuck all the time it's like every female that interacts with shia labeouf wants to fuck him then they introduce literally dwight (laughs) 
Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Tim, like Tim, okay, Tim. it would have made sense if the teacher was hot. Like, if, if, it, <laughs> if it wasn't anybody, if it was somebody other than Rain Wilson, you know what I mean? But God, here's the thing. So Steven ridiculous. Spielberg executive produced, right? Yeah. You don't think mm-hmm. he came in and he was like, hey, you've got all these great horny teens out here. Yeah. Why not give him a teacher and add a scene as an homage to my movie? Attending yep, a preview no, of the film, possible. Steven Spielberg was reported to have said upon seeing Devastator that this is fucking awesome. And Michael Bay was very proud of the fact that he got him to swear. No, I think he went like this. This is fucking awesome that I that we made this movie and it's going to make me a ton of money, even though it's a giant pile of dog shit. That's probably what I'm just reading. Even the dogs are. fuck. The dogs do fuck. Mojo's trying to... Well, not fuck. Mojo is like a sexually assaulting Frankie. It's inappropriate. And if there was a dog jail, Mojo would be in it. You don't uh, think Frankie was down? Pound. No, I think Frankie was like, I just don't have the energy to get this little wiener off me. Ah, like Sam calls Michaela and tells her he's been freaking out ever since he touched the cube. And she's like pissed off because he didn't he didn't masturbate with her on this on this uh, this webcam. But then uh, this really weird little creepy RC Decepticon tries to steal the shard from why he gave her the shard. I can't remember. I think he just thought it would be a good idea. Um, and also, it keeps trying to be totally an asshole unnecessarily like being like, oh, she's pretty, but she's not fucking bright. And it's like, well, what do you mean? She's talking to her boyfriend in a room she thinks alone that you sneaked into. What, yeah. what is she doing that's stupid? She put it in a vault? That yeah, seems also, like she's not stupid. This, this thing keeps stepping on fucking mousetraps. How stupid do you have to be, Joe Pesci? <laughs> it stepped work. on rat traps. Joe Pesci. Michael Bay! He's a thinking the guy thinking director. director. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate him so much. God, what a, oh, what a pile of shit job. this movie is. Uh, anyway, Michaela has, again, no problem just over overpowering this thing and then starts burning its eyeball out to tell it what the fuck is going on. Um, he calls her a bitch. He calls her a bitch. Um, uh, and you know in the scene, you see a dog. There's a dog in this, mm-hmm. this scene. Mm-hmm. This dog is um, Michael Bay's dog. Guess what Michael Bay's dog is named? Explosion. Marcus. Bone Crusher. Yeah, I looked it up, yeah. Michael Bay is definitely compensating for something, and I don't know what it is, but I think it's a little wiener. God damn it! I think it's his little pee pee. Stop! Just keep going. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, We cut back to a scene where Sam is college room, and I do actually like this because he starts painting on what poster, Tim? Bad Boys Two, baby. Bad Boys Two, which is a fun little little nod to uh, a movie that I would have rather been watching than this one. Uh, then Leo comes in, is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm painting shit." Uh, and then the army gets mobilized because the Decepticons are up to something. Time to call in the Autobots. Then we get another GM commercial, and then Alice heads over to Sam's room, and she's gone insane. Alice loves it because she's horny for it. I don't. Oh yeah. <laughs> I guess I wrote that line. Uh, oh, she's horny for that wit wicky dicky. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? She's hiding a little secret up her skirt, Tim. What is it? Not a chlamydia. Tail. It's it's a tail. A it's robot a tail. tail. All what? we had to worry. See, we thought we had it easy in college. All we had to worry about was herpes. But apparently, this chick has a robot tail. And then, of course, right as they start making out, Michaela interrupts and sees them kissing, and she gets all pissed off because Sam probably, let's be honest, should have tried a little harder not to make out with the supermodel. But what are you going to do? You're, everyone's so horny. On that just, weird alien stuff. There's pheromones everywhere. Everywhere there's alien pheromones that want people to fuck. Anyway, uh, this scene could have could have cooked a little longer, but it doesn't matter because she goes nuts and starts uh, mechanically tonguing the entire room. And then the kids are like, fuck, we got to go hide. And then they hide in the library for a really long time. And this is a very long back and forth between these two kids. Oh, long enough to – yeah, let's give guys, Michaela and Sam some, some character growth here. 
Yeah, let's make sure Leo comes along for the ride too, because we we're gonna need him later. Can we talk about how fucking terrifying this tongue was? Like Jesus. Terrifying or no? Fuck that. No, it was so scary. I don't know. It scared the shit out of me. I'll Excuse tell you me. what I hated about it. What I what I hated about it was that the the rest of the tongue did not transform into cybernetic parts. It was just oh yeah, just a the tip cybernetic thing with a real human looking slimy ass tongue at the end. Why of it. Why can a muscle. transformer turn into a human? Why does the Decepticon have blue eyes? Why did the thing not? turn into a fucking bigger robot or Tim. some shit to hunt down Sam. Why was she a part of this movie at all? What was the point know. of this? They're I like, don't know. They okay, needed more you, hot you girls. Gotta imagine, you gotta imagine that Soundwave and whatever, they was like, oh, it's the boy. We gotta get Sam. We remember that fucking <clears throat> shit. Where is he? College. Cool. You have no need to be robots in disguise at this point. Yep. Just don't get him. Tim, it's so, it's so that it's so we can explore the relationship dynamic between Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox and how deep it is and how real relationships. No, nah, it just fucking sucks, dude. Like yeah, there's no, yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying to it's create this, they're, they're trying to create this infidelity sort of thread to get like, to have like a weird back and forth and maybe, it, you know, they come out better for it. And, it it's Oh, it, you're cheating on me. Like, uh, it just sucks. It's all set up. So the rat trap can hump her leg and she can be like, well, he's not going to cheat on me. Yeah. So they came up with that line. We're so like, I guess it was worth here. it. <laughs> it was worth it. Oh man. Anyways, before we move on, I want to about our beautiful sponsors, Ooh, ladies and gentlemen. Today we are brought to you by Me Undies. It's officially spring, which means it's officially spring cleaning time, and the best thing to do there is get a whole new set of undies, so you are feeling so fresh and so clean. Uh, once again, I'm pretty decked out in Me Undies. Wearing the Me Undies undershirt right here. Got them lounge pants. I love them oh so much. Of course, got the undies. Of course, I got the socks. They make it so soft. They make my life so soft. Do they make your life soft, you guys? I'm wearing them right now, and I love them. I'm yes, wearing my do. dinosaur me undies right now, and I love them too. Oh my god, me too. Ah, right. ah. Dino pals, baby, you gotta love it, man. There's an undie membership. Fun. It's an easy way to get your future self a present each month. You know, sometimes just do something nice for yourself, man. It's, there are hard times right now, and you just want to feel soft. Trust me. Take it from me. Uh, MeUndies is a great offer for you guys. Any first-time purchasers get 15% off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer, especially because they have 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, with that guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning. Next up, shout out to Honey. Out of all the things we've been sponsored by, I think that Honey might be the one that I, I would recommend more than anything. It's easy, it's free, and you don't need to think about it. You install it once in your favorite internet browser, and next thing you know, anytime you're making purchases on the internet, which is now going to be more than ever because we're all shopping from home, you're saving money, and they're just doing it automatically for you. And it's not just like specific sites. It's pretty much any website you've ever bought something from, whether it's Best Buy, Sephora, uh, Target, eBay, there's any Etsy even. It's like you just you, you get what you want. And when you're in your little your, your checkout process, Honey does a little dance. It gives you some coupon codes and it saves you a whole bunch of cash. We've been using this thing for decades. Um or it feels like at least I don't know exactly when it was, but it's been a very long time. It's Kevin been and I have been forty-four years. It's been at least a decade that we've been using this, and I've saved thousands of dollars from this. Um, not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It's free to use and installs in just two clicks. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com/morning. That's joinhoney.com/morning. There's Nick Nick. 
<laughs> He's making so much random noise in the background. I love it. <laughs> so much clicking. Founded in 2012. Banging. So founded in 20. Almost, so almost a decade. A decade. <laughs> yeah, almost yeah, a decade. <laughs> round up. You round up, Tim. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's a yeah. made of tomato. <laughs> Back into the plot, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Michaela jumps in the car. They all jump in a car, and uh, you think, "Hey, man, this 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 Alice character is going to be a major character for the rest of this movie because we saw a lot of her." And then she turns into the T one hundred one, and we're like, "Oh, this is really scary." But nope, just smashes into her, uh, smashes her into a lamppost, Take and this then bitch. that's it. And then everything seems fine until the Decepticons do what they should have done to fucking begin with. And then Megatron just comes over and easily, with with relative ease, no just cuts the fucking car in half, or like picks up the car. And then, like, takes them all back to his lair. And you're like, oh, that's really scary. No, you know who does this? You know who does this? The helicopter. Oh, it was the helicopter. Oh, oh, who's the helicopter? Is it Blackout from the first movie? Wait, Blackout Blackout died. Blackout, they they lazed him or whatever. And Josh Duhamel came out and fucking shot him in the balls. And he died. Hmm. But now he's back. Oh, but it's a different helicopter. This one's called Grinder, But it looks exactly the same. Hmm. Oh, great. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. When they, is, is right. When they go to their base, Megatron grabs Sam and then throws him and kills him. Right? Violent. I mean, yeah. like that would kill that man is dead. any human being. But no, he's fine. He just gets up and continues going. Well, he's got Kevin. Remember, as we set up again before, he's got all the power and knowledge of the AllSpark in him. So you assume this hyper powerful human being now is that or this human is transforming now into a hyper powerful human being that's going to somehow take that power and use it in the third act to overcome all the adversity that we've set up in this movie. He does not. This whole, this is the last time we needed to even worry about this. Uh, anyway, uh, Megatron calls in the doctor who puts a little mechanical squid in him and then puts out and then starts transforming symbols from his head. And they're like, Oh, he's got all these symbols in his head that can lead them to the energon source. And I'm like, wait, there's another source of energy on this thing. Is that what we're doing? Am I confused as to what this AllSpark does? Because I thought the AllSpark could kill anything and bring anything back and create life. Isn't that what the AllSpark was for? Didn't the AllSpark be, have the ability to legitimately transform a fucking toaster into a living sentient being? So I guess that has no power now. We need another source of power. Well, also, and guess what? What's up? There, there's a tiny shard of it. There's there's several tiny shards of it still. Like, Is it a one-time use thing? Where like now they use the shard on Megatron, which is a substantial size. And they're like, I guess it's 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 used up. But also how remember how the, the how, remember how the the cosmic cube or whatever the fuck we call this thing was uh, the size of a building, and yeah, then it shrinks down to the size of a small cube. So you're like, oh, so all the so all the power could just be in like a little splinter, right? Because right. everything's quantum, it's like nothing matters, right? No, this thing's gone. All we have is one little tiny shard left. No, I'm sorry too. Anyway, Kev, uh, Kev, you'll you'll appreciate this little tidbit here. So scalpel, the little Decepticon mm-hmm. doctory thing. Yeah. Um, he's based off of the original Autobot from the OG animated movie Perceptor, who turns into sure the little yeah. that, that instrument. Um, but his character in this one, his sadistic attitude attitude was based on Tarantulas from Beast Wars. Oh, Dude, I like I the little hate- goggles that he kept putting changing. Oh. All of these little fuckers, they look so sharp and like just uh, like I don't want to deal with them. Yeah. They look so They're dangerous. They're going to cut you up really Like badly. how how did none of them have like uh, the main characters should have just had gashes the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to add it just. No, I forgot. Never mind. It's okay. Kevin. That's okay. We've got I literally two more hours of this movie left to get through so we can speed through. Anyway, Optimus and, and Bumblebee aren't have it. They burst through the ceiling like Batman burst through the fucking skylight in the 1989 Batman, movie. which. I'm really sure we'll rank number one when we finally get around to Batman in review. 
Uh, and then Sam and Michaela, I think, jump into Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. But I think somehow, okay, while Prime and Megatron duke it out in the forest, and man, I hope he doesn't die here, or even worse, get caught in some of those pesky high tension cables, because that would be the oh, worst. God. God damn. No it. future spoilers. Do no we... future spoilers. Do we Yo, have so the this, guy this with scene... us now? Leo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's in he's in Bumblebee. Okay. So what happens here is they bust in, and Optimus does this fucking sick ass flip over and shoots Megatron, and Megatron starts screaming like kind of like fly out. And so they need to chase them. So then they get out and they they all get in the cars. For some reason, Optimus Prime gets there uh, with Sam way before any of the other fucking Autobots. Yeah, I have no idea how that. Why did they take a, a long ass detour to get to this? No world? idea because they have to but kill. They, Optimus they were the Prime. ones with Michaela and and Leo in there. But then we get this forest fight. And you know what? Take out the rest of the fucking movie. I love this shit. It's so, so cool. It is. It is shot in, in IMAX. So you're getting the full frame. It is huge. Optimus Prime, they wanted to make sure that he was actually to scale life size on the screen when you're watching an IMAX, which is the coolest fucking thing imaginable to me, uh, being a fan Wait, of this what? fucking How, guy. What? On, on an IMAX screen, so yeah. Optimus IMAX, was to yeah. scale the size of what he would be in real life. In this in certain shots. Right? The real in IMAX shots. screens are a specific size. Yeah. So he was the right size. It was as if Andy, it's not a screen, it's a window. And he was it's standing as if we're looking the, at it. Right. right, but like don't they use different shots and stuff? Yeah, well no, this <laughs> so key, they were all the same. Like, it's the opening shot where he tackles Megatron. Gotcha. So like, okay. there. And at the yeah. end, the final shot of the movie where it's Shia LaBeouf and him standing on the boat. Yeah. That's, that's life cool. size as well. That's cool. That's rad. But yeah, this whole fight scene is fucking awesome. Optimus Prime is just talking shit. You can right. actually see the choreography of what's going on. Because the, they do a lot of slow-mo as well. There's but slow-mo, but also it's like they, yeah. they're in an empty field. So it's not like there's explosions and shit going on. It's like you can actually see them fucking doing stuff. I love that stuff. We have Starscream being a little bitch. Optimus Prime is being beat down because it's a three-on-one. He says, fuck it, I'll take you all on. The music kicks up. He gets dual swords, starts fighting. He cuts Starscream's arm off and then bitch slaps Starscream with his own fucking arm. Is there anything cooler than that? Oh, yeah, there is. He jumps on the fucking helicopter and rips his head open from two different angles. It is Great. Then he dies. Yeah. <laughs> then he gets stabbed through the chest and also shot through the chest. Suddenly, suddenly he stops fighting and he's like, Sam? Sam, where are you? And it's like, or, yeah. or just, you know, Megatron's still up. No, yep, Megatron uh, stabbed yeah. you in the chest. And yeah. then shot through your and chest. And then the rat, the rat trap guy comes and humps his little dead body. <laughs> <laughs> when this first happened this. in the movie, I was like, holy fuck, they just went there. And then it all by the end of it, they just like fucking, it, they fuck it up. But it's like, but this, he- this hit me. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Did you like me too? But I know what happened. And the, his face went to gray. They did enough for me. Yeah, that was a nice little like nod to the the animated movie. But um, yeah, I liked this this scene a lot. But then it, then the moment the Autobots come, you're like, oh, where the fuck were you guys? Yeah, they just apparently decided to get off their asses and they start fighting. And then everyone's like, "Whoa, this is we can't keep fighting, so we're going to retreat. And you're going to retreat, even though there's only two two of you and like 19 of us. Probably could have just killed you all right here." Don't worry about it. We need to have an hour and a half more of this movie, guys, because, mm-hmm. yes, that's right. Everyone's been wondering the fucking big question. What has John Tuturo's character been up to this entire time? What happened to Sector 7? What's he wearing underneath his pants? We'll get to oh. that in a few minutes. Um, let's see. The Fallen finally realizes that the last Prime is dead and gets off his ass to go down and, 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 uh, and, and uh, fucking this get next his energy movie. source. Yeah. So here's my question to you. The Fallen's like, only a Prime can kill me. So I'm going to stay away from this because the prime's super powerful and apparently unbeatable, except when it's a two-on-one fight. 
So apparently the way you beat a prime is that you just overpower him like you would a normal strong human being by just having another human being with you to beat the shit out of him. That's all you needed. Mm, is the prime really that strong? Maybe the fallen's been sold a load of crap his entire life. Who the fuck knows? Uh, let's see. I don't, and I don't then, think that it's, it's like that the primes are strong or anything. I think that's just a family line. And uh, I mean in this world, right, Tim? I mean he's also a prime. No, I, I I know that, but it, it, like I think it was one of those like oh someday a, one of your brothers will kill you kind of thing. It, it's like an inherited like prophecy. sort of thing. Like yeah. Prophecy. Yeah, let's just set that one up a little more because I'm just like oh well I guess the primes aren't that cool to begin yeah, with. But this movie needed more prophecies for sure. We did. We did. <laughs> uh, let's see. Start. Let's see. Uh, over on wherever the fuck the fallen is, he realizes the prime is dead. Finally gets off his ass. Then Soundwave calls in and the remaining DCs. And all hell starts breaking loose. And guess what, guys? Things are getting tense. So we got to break that. We can't have this movie get too serious. So we go over to Mom and Dad Witwicky, who are trying snails for their first time. And ew, they're gross. Then the Decepticons start bombing everything. And we get a really cool scene where they sink a carrier ship. I thought it was fucking cool. It was a great visuals there. Again, Michael Bay has some amazing visuals in his movies. I just wish he would focus more on the story, uh, uh, the overall themes, and some of the character development and every other aspect of filmmaking. Reminds me uh, a lot of Zack Snyder. You see, yeah. Exactly Zack Snyder. Totally. Exactly. Like, like great, great conceptualizing, you know, great, you know, you could tell he sees scenes in his mind. I feel like Zack Snyder has look. good movies, though. I think if he sees shots in his mind, not scenes in his mind. Yeah, I think his yeah. ability to do yeah, a, an I mean, amazing yeah. shot in his mind is great. His ability to choreograph a scene that actually builds and has movements in it, absolutely terrible. When, when, absolutely he's, terrible. when he's following just the like the the whatever his basing his shit off of, it's good. Zack Snyder. Yeah, like when we're not three hundred and watching, huh? The camera spins three hundred times around them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, God. Uh, I, lo- I love that we have this the same sort of peeping through the keyhole peeping through the hole in the piece oh, of wood like bad in boys. bad boys yeah yeah <laughs> uh, let's see over in france the, the decepticons kidnap sam's parents the fallen takes over communication and puts out a worldwide message deliver sam or be destroyed and we're like cool that that, that definitely worked Boo. in uh, man of steel anyway g- uh, good thing though leo and sam get into a fight thankfully skid and mudflap are there to help ease the tension and just say a bunch of shit that i can't remember because it's not memorable at all uh the air force bring brings Optimus's body back to the U.S. military and, and to basically honor him they just drop his ass from about 40 feet up into the air onto the tarmac guess what Calloway's pissed Dumel you're out guy from bad guy the bad guy from Deadpool who I've never seen in this film before you're out too <laughs> why how where the fuck did that guy come from I'm like whoa that's the guy from Deadpool like, yeah, okay whatever uh Calloway's taking over and we're going fuck these guys they got to leave I'm asking you guys to leave now this would have been the moment where I was like they clearly want a human being to be turned over. We've all seen the message. So maybe we should ask the Autobots to help out with this because they're clearly not the reason why the Decepticons are coming here. But Callaway doesn't care because every military goon is just a one-track mind. I want power. I want the presidency. I want these Autobots out. Uh, Sam wants to give himself – oh, and then we get the scene uh, ba- that could have been very endearing. Sam wants to give himself over to Megatron, but Michaela and, and Bumblebee won't, don't want him to. And then thankfully, you know, the real tie turner here is that Skid and Mudflap are in the back being terrible characters. Why the fuck are they in this movie at all? The scene could have been so poignant between Sam and Bumblebee, but it was not. It was ruined by them. Uh, and then Sam has an epiphany. He realizes the symbol in his, symbols in his head are a map to something. How he realizes that, I have no idea. Uh, but then Leo goes, you know, there's one person on this planet, Kevin, that can, that can decipher what this is. And it's Remember my the competitor. Other website? The other website? RoboWarrior.com. 
competitor to the real effing deal.com. God, I wish it was. I, I so badly wish it was Mark Wahlberg. Oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> or Vin hey Diesel. Guys, Let's bring all those, all those triple X. Hey, everyone. I think I saw a Transformer. Kevin, oh, you had oh, to start him. You had to get him going. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Did I actually like it? Keep going, Nick. You're doing good. What's up? Oh, man. Did I uh, quality drop? Uh, um, it dropped a little bit, yeah. Tim's, Tim's just terrible. Tim's He's like a goddamn robot. Yeah. As long yeah. as we can hear each other, it's okay. Uh, let's let's keep going, either. guys. Uh, then uh, let's go. They take him over to, to downtown Brooklyn or whatever. And guess what, everyone? Guess who RoboWarrior.com is? The leader of Sector 7, John Turturro, the Jesus himself, who is working as a butcher. His life is fucking destroyed. Not only that, but he lives with his mom or his mom lives with him. Big, big difference. difference. Uh, anyway, they talk him into taking him into their little, his little meat locker, which leads down to a secret man cave that I imagine Kevin is currently installing in his house. Uh, the Jesus tells them that the Transformers have been here a long time and that some of them stuck around. Project Black Knife is, and he starts showing them all sorts of cool cars. And I'm like, and he's like, robots in disguise. And I'm like, Black Knife, <laughs> that's cool, I guess. He doesn't show uh, them all kinds of cool cars. He shows them a bunch of pictures, like old ass pictures that are just like Model Ts. Yeah, Model Ts, planes, but like there's nothing that tells you they're anything but the regular thing. Everyone's just like, oh shit, those are those are Transformers. But there's like, yeah. there's no Autobot sign on them or anything. It's just like of, some yeah. straight up info war. It's like it's like it's like a, a Easter egg video on YouTube where they just randomly circle something and you're like, but that has nothing to do with what they're. Gonna <laughs> <do."> <laughs> it gets me every fucking time, Tim. Every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Megatron told Sam there's another power source on Earth, which I thought was Sam, but again, guess that was confused. Anyway, there's another power source on Earth. Evidently, there's an energon source on Earth that, that, that predates all of us, and Sam has the map to it in his head. Uh, Megan Fox takes out her little Decepticon on a chain, and I get wildly turned on by this. I don't know why. Uh, she makes nice with it and tells it that it's that the symbols, and it tells all of us that the symbols are the language of the primes. Uh, only a prime can read that language. And then the robots from Project Black Knife have been searching for something for years. He sends them to the Smithsonian. There's so much exposition in this that it's oh my god. Like, it's not just real quick. It's not only the primes can read it. It's only old robots can read it. Because uh, fair, whoever can speak the language of the primes can read it. Right? So we got to go over to the Smithsonian, and Leo runs a diversion that includes him having to take his pants down while the, J- the Jesus uh, tases a guard, and then himself, and then Leo accidentally tases himself in the nuts, which is pretty funny. Leo uh, coming out with his pants all the way down. I'm not gonna lie; that made me laugh a lot more than it should have. Just being like, I need toilet paper. It's like, that'll Again. stop the show. You know what I mean? People exactly. are gonna come and give you fucking toilet paper. You come out with your pants would- all the way down. Definitely get my attention. Uh, the Jesus uses a cool gun to figure out which of the old planes is uh, a transformer, and it leads them to the SR-71 Blackbird. And at first I was like, oh, cool, Blackbird. That's what they called the older robots in those pictures. And then I'm like, no, that – and I look back, and I was like, no, that was Black Knife. Yeah. Not Blackbird. Blackbird would have made sense because then when they found the Blackbird, they were like, oh, that's cool. That's why they named this the Black. It doesn't matter. Uh, by the way, have you ever, I saw the SR seventy one when I grew up at March Air Force Base. It is a very long plane. Uh, let's see. Sam uses the splinter to wake it up, and guess what? It's a Decepticon. Everyone's like, "Oh no!" So fucking cool, man. Wait, like, why? Why did they need the sliver to wake it up? Why was it? Because I think like, it had run out of energy. I think it had no more energon left in it, so they needed again the power of the sliver that has all of the fucking energon that you could possibly need because it can create life on a fucking planet. That's why they were after it in the wait first movie. They wait wanted this taken and recolonize Earth with the fucking. No, no, no. So these fuckers just energy. run out of energy at some point. Optimus is just going to be like, "All right, I'm a car now." 
Guess so. That's that's yeah. that's what's going down with them. I mean, no, no, it's car shows, battery, but that's what happens. Holy yeah. shit! Re- um, God, but no, but the, future the spoilers. Come the, on. Look, this fucking Decepticon logo. This moment where Mikhail's like, "Oh fuck, it's a Decepticon." That is exciting. That's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. This should have really been cool. awesome. Not resolved literally the next line. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm a bad guy. I'm not anymore. Uh, the RC car. Oh, I don't want to be bad either. Cool. Give we us some conflict here. Conflicts. And, and here's the other thing. Jetfire, one of the most interesting characters in Transformers. He is a Decepticon that turned Autobot. Like, they, they at least they had that element. But it's just like, he's not supposed to be this old fucking man. Like, uh, it's, it's terrible. To be fair, we do have that fucking incredible moment where he, like, pulls his heart out and gives all his parts to Optimus. And, you know, if he wasn't an old man, that gunshot wound probably wouldn't have killed him. All I'm saying. That's it true. Well, he got eviscerated, but you know, I get. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand how these things get hurt or not hurt by anything. Because me too. Sometimes they're indestructible, and sometimes they like a quick bullet will just. Take and them out. and sometimes they have like a, an aching hip, and maybe they just need some icy hot. Exactly. Like, I, anyway. And they need a little walking cane. It's so bizarre. Yeah, like the way they Sam, try to humanize these a little too over the top. Do you think that he always had that walking cane somewhere in his body, and like? You know, it was like a part that just hung. Yeah. That he was like, oh, I, I'll pull this off. It was a piece of his wing or yeah. some shit. Who knows? So Jetfire tells everyone that. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, Jetfire tells everyone that he switched sides, and the little robot, Megan Fox little robot's like, wait, you can do that? I'm switching sides right now. And to show you my un- undying loyalty to you, Megan Fox, I'm going to hump your leg. And squirt and then, that little bit of oil. Like, what's going? Why are you letting that happen on your leg right now? She's like, "Well, it's better than him trying to kill me." And it's like, that's not a message you should be sending out to anyone, Megan Fox. No, but she anyone. says at least he's loyal. Yeah, yeah, that's and what he's it is. Like, well, whatever. <laughs> and it's almost like that was her little subtle line of being like, "I've been abused on this film so much by Michael Bay, but I just I have to hang in here." Maybe I'm reading <laughs> too far into that. Anyway, uh, Sam carves the symbols from his brain into the ground, and Jetfire tells them about the dagger tip and the key, and then transports them to the Egyptian desert. And you're like, "You're space introducing bridge. more things into he this." Used a fucking space bridge, and they're like, they're like, "What just happened?" I used a space bridge. What? One of like a key plot point, like the the space bridge would have been the plot of a Transformers movie, not just yeah. I can teleport now. You got to assume that there was uh, it, it, at least fifteen to twenty minutes of a scene where space bridges had a long uh, a long explanation and this crazy exposition, but they were just I mean, like fuck it. Again, if we're going to talk about movies that actually hold up, um, I mean, not the best movie ever, but let's think of another movie like this that had a space bridge in it. That was a main plot point in it within Thor, right? Where the whole point was that this was the only way you could get to these other areas and and that they were controlling this massive power. And then Loki was able to use that power against them. Whole plot, the whole MacGuffin for a whole fucking movie. And this, remember this. Oh, that was fun. Upcoming movies. There you go. For me? Are you telling me? Yeah. Yeah, Andy, write it down. Andy, take out a notepad right now and please write down Space Bridge and Parachute Farting because those are both going to come back to haunt us. And high tension cables. Is he writing with a medicine, Very important. too? Thank you, Andy. Jetfire tells them about anyway. Jetfire lays it all down. Earth was visited a long time ago by his ancestors, those people we saw in the first five minutes of the movie, the Primes, who were sent out into the universe looking for planets to use uh, to, to harvest the sun. They had to set up this machine that would harvest the energy of the sun and and create energon with it. And you're like, okay, 
apparently apparently uh the people that wrote uh uh man of steel really liked this movie because they stole a lot of plot points from it. the only rule they had was never destroy the son of a planet that had life only one prime didn't give a fuck and he tried to break that rule and his name shall forever be the fallen the only way to activate the machine was with the matrix of leadership a great battle took place <laughs> over the key so that the fallen was but the fallen was too strong so the rest of the primes gave their life and used their bodies to entomb the matrix of leadership in an unknown location guess what only a prime can kill the fallen <sighs> everyone get that i had to rewatch this fucking explanation i i kid you not like four times it would lose me every time i i just it sucks dude I, there's it so sucks. many fucking pl- sun uh, there's so many stars out there that they can use to harvest they don't need a star with like a living system on it no not at all he just Never, hated no. you you think at some point he landed on earth and was like i guess there's no life here and then saw humans and were like fuck these guys I'm already yeah, here. Just watch them a little longer. You're like, you know what? I fucking hate these guys. Seventeen thousand BC. <laughs> and, and then He's Sam, um, the shits. <laughs> and then Sam probably finally puts two and two together. He's like, thank God, we've never had a thing that's powerful enough to bring Optimus Prime back to life. But I'm pretty sure that this machine can do it. So let's get Optimus Prime over to this machine. Let's bada bing, bada boom. We got to do this. Uh, but of course, Tim. That's not good enough. We have to give these characters something really hard to overcome. So we're going to make it a riddle. We're going to make it a riddle to try to find this this thing. The, the, where's the dagger? What's the dagger referring to? And they figure the first part out pretty quickly because the dagger is just a, a body of water in the Middle East, um, uh, north of Africa or whatever, by Egypt. That's going to be whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Anyway. Uh, at this see- point, at this point, they're like, uh, hey, Michael, so the current runtime for this movie is... We're at around two hours, and he's like, "Fuck, we need to. We, it needs to be longer. It needs to be longer." <laughs> and they're like, "No, we need no, to get to. No, t- we need to get to two twenty-eight. So how yeah. about we throw in this whole sequence?" Um, but 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 Michael, um, it, we were thinking this movie should come in right around like an hour and forty-five minutes. It's it's way too long right now. Oof, no, yeah, let's 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 add an an uncharted puzzle, um, and let's add more useless scenes. So we could really grow to learn these and love these characters that we really don't care about but at like, all. Like, but, let's not make Michael, it anything. Let's let's, let's Michael, just... that's going to be really confusing for the audience, Michael, because we've already introduced 15 other elements that should have been introduced the first act of this movie and Nick, been the main plot point of the whole movie. I have this. Uh, how about, I have okay, a simple well, solution. We'll, we'll we can't do that without Kevin. We're doing a bit. Fox, Megan Fox is running and her boobs trying to be part of the bit, man. Slow mo. <laughs> sold. We're sold. There it is. <laughs> um, let's see. Jesus Christ, this movie. Let's see. Okay. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, I scrolled up for some reason. Everyone, fill time. Fill time. Fill time. Kevin, say what you're going to say. Phil I don't want to say shit anymore. Fuck you guys. <laughs> you guys are doing a bit. Keep doing your bit. Look how funny you guys are. Your bit's done, Kev. What? <laughs> how are you not listening? <laughs> Uh, what a dumb oh, fucking man. terrible movie this is. Shooting in the I high resolution really... of IMAX required up to 72 hours to render a single frame of animation. Mm. Uh, rendering the Devastator took over 85% of ILM's render farm capacity, and the complexity of the scene and having to render it at IMAX resolution caused one computer to explode. Whoa. A single IMAX shot would take almost three years to render on a top-of-the-line home PC running leave it, Leave it to Michael Bay to want a computer to explode. Exactly. <laughs> and if the entire movie was rendered home pc you would have had to start sixteen thousand years ago <laughs> can you imagine that's that? like, amazing I, I i really hope they called him and told him 
in the, one of the little meetings, ILM was like, hey, uh, Michael, we are behind schedule because one of our computers exploded because the scene was too much. And he said, and he said cool. <laughs> he, probably, he probably came in his pants and he was like, yes, I am the greatest filmmaker ever. <laughs> And you're like, no, that Michael, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Josh, uh, Jesus calls it calls it all into Josh Jamel. Uh, also, let's see. We, we need Optimus to be delivered because we're going to bring him back because he's the only one that can kill the Fallen. And then Josh Jamel's like, but he didn't he get his ass handed to him by like three regular Decepticons. And they're like, we're not going to worry about that. He can kill him. They figure out the riddle. And I think that then they head to the pyramids for some reason. And I'm not quite sure why. Because I guess it points to the pyramids. Uh, but not before they it call d- someone a know. munchkin. It doesn't point like, to the pyramids. It points to the that uh, that cool temple from Indiana Jones. The no, no, no. It points to the pyramids. First. They go to the pyramids first to figure out the next part of the riddle, which is the Orion's belt, <laughs> which think... then takes them to the thing in the Indiana Jones, which then takes them back to the pyramids. Okay, God all right. Damn, dude. And yeah, the, mm-hmm. the Munchkin guy. Like what a like another moment of like oh, uh, Michael Not Bay even. just is just a mean human being that wants to make fun of short people. <laughs> yeah, cool. He just hates. Right. He just they, hates anyone that doesn't is not perfect. He's so, the Loompa, right? I, I'm not yeah, making this up from the remake. I'm not making this up. Michael Bay specifically wanted this scene in the movie because he wanted Beetlejuice to be in the movie, and then they did the meeting with him. And Beetlejuice was, from the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Why? <laughs> and he was offended at the entire concept, and he was like, "No, I want no fucking part of this." Yeah. And so we got what we got. What's his name? Well, his name is like something purple. I forgot his name. It's like Deep Purple or Deep, deep purple, purple, right? Or like yeah, that. I think no, Deep, deep Purple. Well, deep Purple's a, uh, a band, but it's something like that. It's a cool name. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. The he, water. Played, he, played, he played all the Oompa Loompas in uh, Charlie, or the Johnny Depp, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Yeah, it's it's Willy Wonka, right? Isn't it? No, yeah, Willy Wonka is what it was. No, yeah, no, I think Willy Wonka is the, the Gene Wilder one. Charlie and the Charlie. And the, Charlie he's in the remake. He's in the remake. Yeah, yeah. But So he made this scene so that he can include this guy. Then the mm-hmm. guy was like, I don't want to be in it. And then he was like, fuck it. I already wrote the scene. Yeah. So you literally. Deep Roy. Deep Roy. Deep Roy. That's Deep badass. Roy. So literally, literally, the person he wrote the scene for was like, that's so wildly offensive. I'm going to turn down a residual paycheck for the rest of my life from a mega hit Transformers movie. And even in Michael uh, fucking Bay, in his complete oblivious stupidity, was like, I think this scene's great. I still think this is going to be a great scene and not insulting to short people around the world at all. And as a man of five foot eight stature, fuck you, Michael Bay. That's all I have to say. I'm done. I'm done. Bye, Nick. Bye. Oh, I'm not done. Sorry. It's like 10 more hours. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Where the fuck are we from here? Uh, Sam and Michaela make up, but Sam almost tells him that he loves her, but he can't. He stops because he realizes the stars are Ryan Belter. It's part of the fucking riddle. Ah, Dumel throws Calloway out of an airplane for some reason, and then the guy, Michael Rosenbaum, does a good impression of, uh, gets keen on the plan by Dumel, and he's like, oh, I get what's going on, guys. We gotta give, we gotta just sit here and not do anything. Then, they'll head to the place where they filmed Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, which is way better than the mo- this movie, uh, but there's nothing there, so Simmons immediately gives up. He's like, well, we did our best, and he's like, no, motherfucker. And then, instead of Sam figuring out what's going on here, uh, Skid and Mufflab get into a fight, and then they just throw each other into the wall, and the wall goes away, and Sam's like, see, I did nothing but got us here, but I could have figured this one out. But then they go in, and it's a cool tomb made out of all the old Prime's bodies. And what's there, Tim? The Matrix of Leadership. Tim. And then when Sam touches it, it turns to sand. Tim, I have the a end. For you. <laughs> why? Why did they have to sacrifice their bodies? None why of this makes sense. Why couldn't they just be like, all, all right, we left it in that in that? Th- why in is that Optimus thing? not there? He died. 
No, but like <laughs> I know. I was just like, why? Why are all the primes sacrificed themselves? Well, not all the primes. Well, like, you got to imagine some of the primes had kids at this point, and uh, now these are the second generation primes. They didn't have to sacrifice themselves. It was only uh, the dude, first generation, I... minus the fallen prime. I have a question about primes here, Tim. Isn't prime just a person that's like imbued with power to lead a group of people? I mean, there's a lot of different lore, like a lot of different kind of lines of how this all goes. But like the primes are important, period. This is complicating it in a way that is absolutely not necessary and very ambiguous and weird of why is Optimus not with them? Like they all banded together to stop the fallen who was a prime. There's just too many elements, man. Optimus was definitely a descendant. Like they've said that multiple times in this movie, so he I mean, wasn't. You have to imagine he wasn't born back then. So the last whatever. So these robots have sex. These robots have kids. Oh yeah. Speaking of Prime, uh, Twitch viewers, you <laughs> Prime. You have Twitch Prime. Yes. Use it on us. Slacking. Okay. Uh, going back in. Good job, Andy. Good job, Andy. Mm-hmm. Good job, no everyone. Way to carry. Way to, way to carry the flag. No problem. Um, Sam picks it up, all the disintegrated uh, parts of the Matrix leadership, and stuffs it into a sock, I guess. Uh, and then he's like, "Well, I don't know what to do," but he's like, "This has to work. I have, I have faith that this is going to work. Let's take it back to Optimus." So for uh, the when rest, they drop Optimus off for the rest of the movie, Sam is walking around with only one, one sock, sock on. That's very, fucking very horrible. dangerous. Take off both. You're going to get a lot of blisters. Well, you got you got, you figure with that sock running around in the desert heat and the the humidity and that shoe is going to give you a blister real fast. You don't oh, want it on God. both feet, Kevin. I, I guess um, making a lot of sense. Sorry, Nick. Thank you. It's I, I apologize. No, no apologies necessary. Tim is the real culprit here for making us watch these movies. Uh, it's so weird that we're not. We're not anyway, uh, Sam picks up the dust as the Air Force arrives. He believes his work. He has faith. And then uh, let's see. They t- they take Leo. Someone tases Leo and knocks him out. But then he's only knocked out for five seconds. Well, I, I do imagine it. at this point the the writers were like, we really don't need him in this movie. We really should have left him before. There's no reason why he's here. He does nothing. Uh, but then he wakes up and goes with Simmons to help fight the incoming Decepticons who take their sweet ass time and just kind of circle around everything. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, the Decepticons knock out communications that cut off Jamel's team from the Pentagon, so they scramble drones to see what the fuck's going on. Megatron gives orders to attack, and a shit ton of Decepticons come looking for Sam. Uh, the whole thing here is they got to find Sam, and Dumel gives a bunch of orders that I don't really understand. Uh, and they all want to rally around the Autobots and fight the Decepticons. And at this point, you're like, why even try humans? You cannot fight these things. You have no hand weapons that will kill any of these things. You have to just bring in drone strikes. That's all you can do. And it, so they said this early on, but like they're like, "Oh, we made the deal, and you guys said you wouldn't give us your like technology, weapon technology." But like, why? These weapons can hurt the Decepticons. It wouldn't it we be will. nice to have more people hurting these Decepticons instead of yeah, you guys them. just have to fight? So dumb. Oh, it's so yeah, dumb. but he's also worried about you know us using it for the reasons which is what we always do guess what we already have weapons we use for the wrong reasons we're already using them so it's like you know what i mean like we haven't they're not as strong as also why didn't they use the railgun a lot more yeah it was a secret honestly i'm I'm blown away at the the rest of this movie like the this entire scene on is bafflingly bad i think even compared to the rest of the the, of what we've seen so far and that's impressive it's it's so it's so impressive because you have to imagine these this this is not a cheap scene to produce. Oh no. There's a lot of rendering that has to go into this. So you would have thought that somewhere he would have been like, "Hey guys, we just need to just kind of boil this down to like two or three. Like he's so bad 
at having multiple planes of action happening. He just refuses to do it. So like a competent director would have had Sam trying to revive Prime as the machine's coming on. And, you know, you have both of those scenes culminate to a moment where like, as the machine's about to turn on, Prime comes back and then Prime goes over and shuts the machine off. But instead of that, they just, they set up an action point and then immediately solve it so that we can get to the next action point. Yeah. And that's what makes this whole scene feel so fucking boring. Because mm-hmm. when you make action when and then it crests and then it climaxes and then it ends and then you immediately have another thing happen, you're like, what? This is just noise, noise. at this point. Noise. It, it, anyway, um, Devastator's here. This is where Devastator comes out of. Right. Why he's a thing is beyond me. That could have been set up and been a really cool moment, but instead totally. it just, it's not. And then he eats Skid, but Skid rips out of him like an ant, like a bad fart. And you're like, what the fuck? Why? Did it kill him? No, nothing happened. And then they go away. They don't come back for the rest of the fucking movie. Thank kind fucking of. God. Then Jesus realizes the only safe place is directly underneath him. So they do that. That's cool. I, 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 I do like Simmons' line of one man betrayed by his government. <laughs> they keep coming back to it. I, I thought I, it was funny. I enjoyed that bit too, where the guy was like, please stop saying that. I'm right here with you. I would have, I would have, that, that was funny. That, that got me too. Then, uh, then the booth does some great acting to absolutely nothing. Uh, let's, oh, Sam approaches, that's right. Rampage springs the trap. He's like, bring in the big guns. And Sam's parents get spit out. You're like, oh my God, they've got Sam's parents. What a crazy moment. What? That could have been something that could literally have built into the climax of this movie. Nope. Again, we solve it right fucking here. Cause guess what? Who should come in? Uh, Bumblebee comes in and saves them all. And you're like, cool. You, you and know who needs Bumble- more character growth and some development? The dad. Yeah. Remember earlier when it was just the mom that was worried about him going away? Let's flip yeah. it. Let's give the dad. How does the mom and dad have the most development in this entire franchise? I, did think I don't know. That was but... a really strong moment from the dad. We saw some fine acting from the dad there. Right? I mean, it's actually a touching scene, and you're yeah, like, totally. that's, that's fine. But, like, this, you know, if you're going to hold something hostage and wait for this moment, like, why? <laughs> what is the point of any of this? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Bumblebee fight, I enjoy because at least you can kind of see what's going on. And it's the only time we see bumblebee be a badass at all yep, but when yeah. he takes ravage and he fucking like pulls his spine out fatality style it's fucked up man cool. i like Ravage. and then we see and then we see the 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 animal robotic guts like yeah. the dude yeah. just flying everywhere is this when scorpinox comes back and it's like oh shit scorpinox it is no it's, it's a little bit later though right where there is a point there is a point fire. though during the scorpinox fight where i was thinking oh it was oh scorpinox became a good guy too he defected and now he's a good guy and no. I just couldn't understand who he was fighting against because it's all visually so confusing and noisy. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing like a bunch of other Decepticons just came and they all look identical. Died oh my god! Movie. And and these moments are supposed to be big for the viewers. You're yeah. supposed to say, "Oh shit, that person!" And there's Black Panther, and there's a Star Lord. <laughs> But during all this, I'm like, I don't understand. They all are kind of the same color, you know? Yeah, it would be really oh, yeah, cool they're... if they went with really strong colors for them, like the show, the cartoon shows did, you know? Where it's like, oh, well, the th- green the... and purple. Like, we know who that is. Well, that's exactly why they did it, Kevin, right? Because remember, those shows were for kids. Kids needed to be able to identify things without understanding the complexities of them. So they made them very distinctively colored so that as a child, you were like, okay, that's Optimus. And that thing is Starscream. And that thing is Megatron is like always the white and grayish, blackish thing. And that helped. That helped. When I was a dumb fucking kid, I was like, I know exactly what these characters are. And I know their backstory. And I hate to say it, but. Way more complex and the same color. The same color, and they gave them no personalities. Do you remember Transformers? This the 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 cartoon was like the opposite. I mean, the original cartoon. I don't know about Beast Wars and all the stuff that you watched. These were fucking on great. But like when I grew up, like I loved Transformers because it was about the Transformers. The humans were side characters in it that had little tiny things, but it was about like most of the episodes had Optimus Prime talking to Jazz and Bumblebee, and then like 
Megatron was talking to Starscream and they were plotting against each other. And yeah, it was a kid show like like G.I. Joe, but the humans were just these stupid little things that were running around trying to help them out. So you're, you're right about the colors and about like the identifiable things. And yeah, we're supposed to know it's Black Panther, but it's instead just like a bunch of weird garbage looking things. But the other weird thing is like, so Devastator is it's the Constructicons. It is a combiner of all these construction vehicles that turn into a giant thing. One of the most iconic Transformers, even if you don't know Transformers, you know this thing. It's the big green guy, like, and, and it's it's a fucking moment. Why are there other Constructicons that aren't even part of it? This Rampage thing, this thing that Bumblebee fought, is another construction vehicle? Like, it's just, they, they can't even keep it straight. Like, who's on what side and what's going on? Well, they don't even bother trying. Like, at some no, point, like, when you're, when you're, like, these scenes are, by the way, when you do pre-production on these scenes, these things are very complex to do. You do a lot of previs on them. You do a lot of moments where you, where you build it up and you, like, a capable, competent director who gave a fuck would actually be like, hey, we're going to block this out within the second of it and use animatics and all these things to figure out so that the audience doesn't get confused of what's going on. Because when the audience gets confused as to what's happening in the scene and where everyone is, you just zone out. You have you, you lose interest in what's going on because it just becomes noise, like we talked about earlier, and that's exactly what happens here. Yeah. Not only that, but they just it just feels like they're like, oh, we need another scene here. Just throw that thing in there, and then at a certain point, you see Josh Duhamel's team shooting at something. You see another team, sh- the other side shooting at other stuff. Everything's blowing up, but nobody's getting hit. This movie needed to have like three Autobots and like four Decepticons. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah. what you limit it to because then you can understand what's going on. Why does it have 400 different characters? That's so fucking stupid. It didn't need that. Figure out a situation I, where you isolate them and let them fight each other. I feel like they could have gone with having like 10 Decepticons and have them call out to each other so we know that their names and when one of them dies, have someone react to it with like, oh, Decimator is dead. It, it got to you the know? point where I'd be like, oh, does this guy have sharp pointy things popping out? That's a Decepticon. Okay, cool. Yeah, I need like oh he's the oh yeah he looks like a like a thorn he's got the little horns and spiky stuff okay Decepticons yeah you, like you know what would be cool is if the Decepticons looked all spiky and shit and then the Autobots looked like smoother and like more similar to what they used to look like that would have been smarter because then they would then the Decepticons would look super fucking evil and the Autobots would have looked good but instead they all look exactly alike I know it sounds like I'm nitpicking but I and I keep bringing up the, the red eyes blue eyes thing that is. That's all they needed. Why could they not even keep that consistent? I I I uh, I, Tim, I totally they agree. Devastator has green eyes. Part, you know, here's the thing. I I I agree with you. There's we talked about this before, but one of my favorite movies ever is The Hunt for October, which largely happens on just the bridge of submarines, and they all look so similar. And the reason that they that you immediately understand where you're at is because they use colored light and the backdrop for all of them that's different. So like green is one sub, red's one sub, and blue is a different sub, and they cut back and forth, and, and your subconscious immediately recognizes what those are. And yeah. that's that's how powerful the use of color can be in these movies. And that's why you see like certain scenes in movies are colored differently. When you're cutting back and forth, you just immediately kind of like have that visual cue of where you're at. They don't give a fuck about that in this because they want to so sell toys the, and cars. What was Simmons doing in this? So he's climbing Simmons the is- pyramid as Devastator's on it, and it is crumbling all fucking around him. Was his whole thing just to let people know where the bad guy is? I believe so. I, he was getting the coordinates so but that it's like, he can tell. It, yeah. It's the pyramid, guys. Yep. So, 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 so Simmons. Also, he had a cool moment right before, the- right before where he was like, uh, what is he? Tell, tell them what I did for my country, and then runs off. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? 
Um, let's see. So the whole thing is about bringing Optimus Prime back, right? His body's over there. They remind you of that just in case you forgot because it's been 30 minutes since we've mentioned him. And then Jetfire shows up to save the day. And we're like, fuck yeah, Jetfire, come back in. And then immediately it gets eviscerated by that scorpion thing that I thought died in the first movie. It did. Yeah. They, but they it's got back. his tail afterwards. Wait, movie. Yeah. But he didn't die. What, didn't we say? Oh, no, it did burrow. It burrowed. It's one of those okay. things that at the end we we're like, and then we never see him again. And it's like, he's back. <laughs> Continuity. All right, guys. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Simmons, of course, then calls in the coordinates, uh, which is directly below the target scrotum oh. and the rail gun fire. Now, I don't well, understand. Uh, also, I, try, I, I thought about going back and watching the scene, but I was like, he just randomly puts out a call. And then a captain randomly answers. And then he convinces the captain that he is a person that the captain needs to listen to, who is the captain of a naval vessel. And within 30 seconds, convinces him to, to shoot a railgun at the pyramids. A highly classified weapon at a foreign country's <laughs> national landmark. Yeah, but he knows the name of it. And he knows, you know, oh. like that the, they have it on the ship. He's he's don't talk to him about top secret. He knows don't everything about, about top, top secret. secret. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, uh, dope though. Let's see. It uses a railgun, and then I guess uh, it's, it's probably been really. And it doesn't matter. Uh, more shit blows up. Sam gets catapulted into the air and dies. So uh, Bumblebee brings back his parents so they can watch in the horror. I was like, didn't I fucking tell you to just get my parents as far away from here as possible? What the fuck are they doing back here? Where did you just circle around with my parents? What is the point of you? And then Michaela finally says it. She's like, you can't die, Sam. I love you. She finally tells him that he loves you as the particles of the Matrix of Leadership take him where, Tim? Where do they take him, Tim? They take him to Robot Heaven, Nick. Robot Heaven. It worked in Harry Potter. Why can't it work here, Andy? And the Primes are like, Sam, we've been waiting for you. Because guess what? The Matrix of Leadership is not something that's found. It's something that's earned. Take it to Optimus Prime and plunge it into his cold, dead heart. It's been your destiny this entire time. And then Sam wakes up and immediately goes, holy shit, I just died. What have I been thinking? Michaela, I love you. But we can't fuck yet. I have to go plunge this thing into, into Optimus Prime's cold, dead heart. Shove it in my face. fucking next? I don't and then remember... A lot of this movie from when I first <laughs> right? And I start seeing tweets, uh, you know, kind of responding to our tweets about Transformers and people saying, but Robot Heaven, Andy. And I thought, like, oh, these are they're just fucking around. This has got to be a meme that I just I, I'm not familiar with. And then when it happened, I went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they did that. And uh, it's just honestly, real unfortunate. This scene embarrasses me as a human being. Like the fact that something I enjoy has this happen in it. It makes me a lesser person. Uh, well, don't be too too because guess what, Tim? We got the coolest fucking thing that's ever happened to Transmore okay. movie about to come up. Okay, so all is forgiven in about five seconds. <laughs> is it because guess what? No, Op- does it make sense? Op- Absolutely nope. not. Optimus, he's been he's been imbued with the power of the Matrix of Leadership. But Andy, fuck you, it's not enough because uh-huh. he comes back and he's like, I'm super weak. And then Sam's like, What the fuck? I thought this whole thing. <laughs> Was supposed to make you like super powered. He actually says happened? that. He actually yeah, he's, he's like, all sure. Uh, what the fuck? And then the fallen comes and immediately steals the matrix of leadership and goes over to the machine. That and by the way, did anybody tell the fallen he can't use it unless he's earned it? Uh, no. And also, no one's told the fallen that. Guess what? The, uh, we have coordinates that a massive railgun can just shoot at you again and blow you out of the fucking sky. But oh we just God. forgot about that. If I were a Simmons, I'd be like, hey, that totally worked. By the way, there's another Transformers there. Fire up the railgun again and shoot this thing into the fucking stratosphere. Could you please? I had, ass- I had assumed that I missed an important piece of dialogue, or there was a scene that I missed where 
because I had the same thought. I thought, why well, just use the railgun again? That, that mm -hmm. seemed really successful the first time. And then they never used it again. I said, oh, there must have been a line where, hey, the railgun's down, Captain, or something like that. Or, or you sent one like of that. the 400 minion DC Decepticons yeah. over there to destroy that ship because it has the one gun that can kill everything. Like, it killed Devastator. So it could surely kill something one-tenth the size of it, right? It so could have easily been like, oh, railguns are one-time use, so I make this count, and then yeah. get shot. It would have been so easy to do that, but instead they were just like, hey, there's so much going on, everyone's forgotten about this. <laughs> yeah, Let's just never bring nobody it up will again. remember. All right, guys. Uh, so God here bless. we have Optimus Prime, and Jetfire's talking to him, and Jetfire's like, you know what? Man, my life. You're cutting off it's a time. lot. Wait, go back. Say that again, Tim. You cut out. I'm an old man. My life is not worth living anymore. It's time to end it. To be so fair, he's also he dying. Fucking rips his own spark out. He rips what is the essentially his heart out. He fucking dies. And then Ratchet, a character who hasn't spoke this fucking movie, but was in the first one, who's the medical guy, points yeah. at another Transformer that we haven't been introduced to that doesn't have a single line, goes, hey, Jolt. Do some fucking shit. Joe <laughs> Sell a car, it. please. And then all of a sudden, Optimus Prime wears Jetfire's body on so top sick. of himself, which gives him the ability to fly. Now, here's the thing. I hate it, and I love it. This is why these movies could be fucking awesome. I wish this was more earned and all this shit, but seeing Optimus Prime fucking fly around in Jetfire was awesome. Man, it's, it's so cool after, after this whole fight scene is, happens when he lands, turns into a truck. The other thing turns into a... The, the trailer and it hooks onto him and we're like holy shit in the next movie he's gonna have this too uh, wait no nope, he just shakes it off and it falls off and it's like oh i guess that was all the jet fire sacrifice was fucking worth <laughs> don't need that anymore uh he does a cool flip roll and kills everything and uh, and it's it's cool and thank god and uh the it's very anticlimactic because you thought this fight was gonna be better and guess what the fallen just oh, a no. bitch he fucking worst sucks worst fight of the fucking movie like and he just why? goes out like like uh just nothing he, he has starts, had like nothing running away and stuff it's really sad and kind of oh, pathetic yeah. Uh, and I also, do really enjoy the Star Megatron back and forth. Yeah, where he's like, coward stuff. <laughs> like I'm not calling he you says, a coward, but sometimes coward live. <laughs> exactly, and I said cowards, maybes, lovers. I hope so because it gets lonely in space, and these two are going to spend a lot of time together. Uh, and the day has been won. The fallen is gone, and he goes, "I rise, you fall, motherfucker!" and blasts his face off. Yeah, he does. Megatron and Starscream bounce. Guess what? Sam and Michaela have one more embrace. And Michaela's like, all this stuff. Took all this stuff for you to tell me that you love me. And Sam goes, you said it first. And she's like, ah, oh, you heard me when you were in, in dead? And he goes, oh, I wasn't dead. I was in robot heaven. It's this crazy cool place that has really cool, like, architecture, like, landscapes and stuff. It's awesome. And she's yeah. like, robot heaven, that sounds fucking dumb. And he's like, <laughs> it, is, it is dumb. It's so stupid. I can't wait to see where their relationship goes. Like, are they going to be married God, in the I next movie? I know. I this, is so like, this is something that bonds people. You know what I mean? Like, I their feel so bad. Wrong. Like, watching this movie, I just felt so bad for Shia LaBeouf. Like, like being a part of this. Like, not, not that he hasn't been a he part of bad dog. movies before. But you can tell watching him that this sort of this hurt his soul being a part of it and well, i remember I imagine, like because recently he's been a part of like really really good well done movies and like yeah. very art house very indie well written movies and stuff and i just i had to i studied his facial expressions when the robot was humping megan fox's leg and i just felt like god he can't be happy with this there's no way he can be happy with any of this um i remember though you know transformer of course not because tran but transformers one was the movie that broke him that was the movie that put him on the map as like a megastar. 
And so coming back into this franchise in two, you're like, oh man, and this it's is surely this is a win, you know. Yeah, this is gonna be a huge win. Uh anyway, Sam's parents come back because we need to see more of them. And hey, Leo survived. Thank God. Will right. he and Skid and Mudflap be in the sequel, Transformers 3? We'll have to uh, see. Colin, maybe this time we'll know what a transformer we'll know the Transformers or at least know where they are in certain action sequences. Question mark. That should have been the title of that movie. I will here's my thing, and I will say the the answer to that is yes. And I'm excited to see that. Good, good. Uh, Sam and Optimus stand on the deck of the carrier one more time, and I got to hand it to him. This shot is fucking dope. Uh, And and then Optimus goes, hey, you know what? This VO worked to end the last one. Let's do another one. And he sends another message out as the song plays. And play some fucking Lincoln. So give me it. It kind of looks like you got a handlebar mustache. It's cool as ice. It is cool as ice. That's weird. And then this, by the way, guys, I mean, this, you can, this, you can this, see the rest of his beard, though. No, but it, like it looks like just shadowing right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know That's what I mean? weird. <laughs> by the way, this moment, everyone, is so perfect that you're like, wow, what a fucking awesome image. What an awesome image to end this horrible movie on. Why don't we end strong? At least we can finish strong, everyone. No, let's have a quick break in the credits to show that Sam finally got what he really wanted, which was just to go back to Rain Wilson's class and get shit on some more by this piece of fuckhead professor who is not sexy and someone should probably file a lawsuit against someone should probably definitely he's definitely trying to fuck students for grades yeah this guy definitely is totally inappropriate with these 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 college freshman students in this class he's for sure lowering people's grades and being like well maybe we can negotiate something else exactly i'd be willing to do anything it takes to get an a how about take my penis I just love that you had to say this professor who is not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The end. Thank God. Oh, good Lord. Um, Seven syllables good. in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic. <laughs> that was really off. That was really off. I tried. I don't know, guys. Haiku in review. You got to go earlier, Tim. I'm going real early. No, yeah, he's yeah, going he's a little too early. Too early. He, he, actually, you, guys, you guys usually, I feel like you guys usually nail it. I wasn't expecting it. Sorry. <laughs> you go to patreon.com slash. You where, where do you go? You went blank the entire Patreon.com slash kind of funny. Do you think it cuts out when we're speaking quickly? I, don't, I think I don't know. so. Talk that, really fast. Really fast. Well, I can't really do it now. I don't know if that's really that. No, no, it's not. Yeah. Like, oh, it did. It did. Oh, it did. I think it's. Yeah. I think no, it's, no. It's I think bad. it's when everyone you talk quietly. Slower. No, I think everyone be very loud. <laughs> you cut out. You cut out. <laughs> really? All right. Loud, you have fast, to be in the minute. Bad. What if we? It, it, it might be. Barrett it might be the compressor. Barrett Courtney writes in and says, "This movie sucks, but don't let that discourage you. Transformers Three fucks." We'll see. I saw that movie in the theater and I was super high. I fell asleep <laughs> in Transformers 3. I don't we know if I've ever seen it. 3. The I volume was, was super away. low and I fell asleep. Um, Let's see. I, I was like, this is the best movie ever. Let's eat popcorn. Let's see. Josh C says, what the fuck happened? They fucked up my boy Soundwave. This fucking sucks ass. Uh, he was so cool. He was cool, but I mean, he was just underutilized. Sure. Uh, Grant Burton. Horny teens wrote this. Transformers is for kids, right? So many sex jokes. Um, kids like sex Ethan, too. Ethan says, "Did God forsake us? What did we do to deserve robot testicles?" Oh man, Ignacio Rojas says, "Cursing weed upskirts and way too many sex jokes." It's Transformers, right? Uh, Blackjack says, "Forest fight highlight. You don't love her. 
yeah right was not a delight i love when black was really good that's really good i mean he's got it in his own name that all rhymes man chaminda writes in great name uh that dog keeps humping bumblebee keeps protecting it keeps exploding so there we fucking go there we go those are your reviews welcome back to ragu rad guys talk bad guys ladies and gentlemen i'll be your host today and today we are ranking the villains in the transformers cinematic universe uh last week i believe we ranked megatron and michael no. bay at no, number okay. one uh, uh, i was about to say we ranked michael bay as number one we and, did uh, make michael I, bay I'm as now i'm gonna one. say that the new number two will yeah. also be michael bay i think it should be michael bay as well so we're gonna um we'll just but it's, also, in, it's michael bay and the fallen right because the fallen sucked and it should go under like the, like what a terrible like, are, are we are we making him yeah is it this are we doing? Hey, this guy's a bad guy because he's just a bad character. <laughs> like we're not, not ranking... because his intentions, you know. So where do we want to rank the Fallen and Michael Bay again? Is he is is the Fallen worse or a better villain than Megatron and Michael Bay in the first movie? He's worse. It's worse just because it's so convoluted. Cool. It's Let's make him to number two. That works yeah. for me. So number two uh, is going to be Michael Bay and the Fallen. All right, now it's time to rank. Transformers Cinematic Universe. <laughs> right now, number one, we have Transformers 2007. Where do we rank Revenge of the Fallen? I'm going to say something controversial right now. Do it, oh, Nick. No. Because I know that it's not going to end up being this way. But I actually think this is a better movie than Transformers 1. I think it has better hype moments. And I think at least they tried to have some lore and some world building in this movie. And I think the relationship between uh, Sam and Michaela is stronger here and actually has an evolution that I thought was quite sweet at the end where she has that moment where she's like, you did all this to just, just to like to get me to say you love me and stuff like that. I'm like, I thought that was really cute. And they have, they have a lot of good chemistry there. In the first one, I just thought it was so it was written like a, a high school boy who has a fantasy about Megan Fox. And in this one, I'm like, okay, they actually attempted to have some evolution to these characters. And I didn't hate, John Turturro's character the entire time. Also, it had fewer characters in the first one, so that's good. Did it? I don't know. I made that up. Those I don't know. Those 40 more Transformers in the end. Yeah, I think this movie is just absolute garbage, dude. Like, I I remembered kind of liking it back in the day. I like how you started about You're like, yeah, Nick, this movie is absolute garbage. Yeah. <laughs> you sort of agreed and disagreed with me at the same time. There, I was like, great. yeah, Nick, you're right. This movie is awful. <laughs> like, and it's not like... redeeming at all. Yeah, uh, I think this movie is really bad, dude. Like, just on all, just on all fronts, right? I think that it has the really good forest fight scene, and that's really about it for me. Um, everything else, character-wise, writing, dialogue, direction, it's just like I think it's a failure uh, across the board, dude. I hate this movie. Um, I think that uh, this movie is terrible, but I also didn't like the first movie at all. So. I, I think this movie has at least more scenes that I like watching where it's like, oh, the action's cool here. I I think, yeah, it's it's a little bit better <laughs> than one because of that. Yeah. I, really? I, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it's so close to me because I think that this one has so many more elements that I enjoyed. The opening scene in Shanghai, I think, is awesome. The forest fight, I think, is awesome. Fucking but there's so stream. much other elements. So it kind of like to me balances out where I'm like, fuck, like despite those things being things that I legitimately love, there is so much I dislike and it takes so Dude, long. Tim, I'm so much more bored than the first one. The um, rail gun scene, the, the jet fire scene. I feel like there's and a jet lot fire, of, yeah. yeah. There's a lot there's of cool a stuff. Lot of cool stuff. The, the thing is, no, I don't know if there is a lot of cool stuff. I think <sighs> there's that, no like, one getting I think pissed on by a robot. 
I think you named. Uh, there's a robot coming on a girl's face, Kevin. What? That's hot, like, though. When is he coming on her face? Thought. The thing, the thing is, part, that. part one, there's nothing, in my opinion, that's so like offensively awful about it. There's nothing about that movie that makes me go, oh, this is really, really terrible. But this movie has a lot of those moments in it for me. This movie has a lot of scenes that just are failures, dude. And you yeah. could tell that there was a writer's strike. It's so obvious. Totally. But I my thing like is, I, I feel really... like the first movie didn't have any awesome. Like, the Arrival yeah, to Earth scene is my favorite one of, of the fir- first movie. Like, that is legitimate. It's that, and it's the scene where Jazz goes on the tank and, like, flips around the, the turret. Those are pretty much the only things I like. In about this him. one, they have Optimus the, the, Prime the with the fight where he rips off the head and the head that's, hits the ground. And one that's cool pretty movie. cool, but I feel like this movie has that moment ten times way better. Really, three times way Here, better. I, yeah, Here's I'm with thing. Tim on this. Right, but I feel like that there were more hype moments in this than there were in the first mm-hmm. one, and at least they tried to have a complex plot that that built something. Whereas the first one, I was just legitimately bored. If you legitimately made me watch the first and the second one and said which one of these was during the writer strike, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, I that's agree the thing. That. I actually think that the writer strike legitimately made this movie better. Where it's like we don't want more fucking script. Like, let, as small as the script can be, the better for this movie. Because like there was having yeah, there what? was. A, imagine you're, you're how you're so wrong, been, Kevin. <laughs> oh man, like there was. These movies are bad. They're just bad at giving exposition. The other movie had a bunch of exposition too that was unnecessary. We talked about yeah. how they explained the plot multiple times. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll agree. With, I'll agree with Kevin that the movie could have could have used. I, I think the movie could have used one or two more passes where they took some of the exposition out of it. But I think these movies would would really benefit from being streamlined and way more simple. Similar to how, like, again, to compare it to another franchise that is has this level of like ridiculousness, Fast and Furious. The plots for those are very simple because it really is just get the characters into another fun situation where they can have witty banter and see some cool car shit. That's all Transformers needed to be. That's yeah. basically what part one part one to me was just. Simple, easy, and the humor for the most part worked for me. We had the cool, bur- the funny Bernie Mac scenes. They weren't very long, but they existed there. And but this movie just, I think, part one didn't have fucking skid and mud flap. Part one didn't have uh, fucking Joe Pesci little robot. Like, I, there's so much about this movie that's really, really bad well, to me. Part one did have a Joe Pesci little robot, and it was it was the Walkman thing, and that was a totally all that stuff was super boring to me. Like, I'll agree that like simpler part one was simpler and more streamlined, but I was less bored watching this movie than I was in the first one, largely because I was trying to rack my brain to figure out what the fuck was going on the entire time. But still, I think that they, I don't know. I, I mean, we're, we're splitting hairs here. I think we should just vote. All right. Yeah. Who thinks that uh, Revenge of the Fallen is better than Transformers? Raise your hand. Uh, Kevin and Nick both raise their hand. Yeah, Kevin. Fuck All right, got him. Yeah, let's do it. What did Barrett vote for? Well, now, here's the thing. God, oh, no. Barrett <laughs> just sent me a r- r- haiku. So, so <laughs> what I like, walked Andy, go, go and not... talk to Barrett. He's in the I other wa- room. When I walked out of the kitchen, I was like, dude, I'm an hour into Transformers. This movie is bad and he was like oh it's real bad so i just got to assume no let's well, not make, we, you know let's not make any assumptions just oh no no no, no no in episode one when he did his review he was talking about transformers one and he was like oh transformers one i love transformers two is awful it's garbage i mean tim's gonna here's the thing i i would i would give andy the power to vote as barrett because they are in currently in the same space hey, yeah, but hey, they never uh, see you. But Tim's got are you there rude. yeah um, so I, I never got your, your vote for the movie. I got your review in haiku form, but 
Do you oh, think it's obviously number fucking two, dude? It's a terrible movie. Honestly, it's awful. we should just you know, like we should just put up a fucking vote right now. It sucks. I don't want any more slander from Barrett. <laughs> It's We're going to continue this in review. We're going to watch every fucking Transformers movie. <laughs> right now, the rankings go. Number one, Transformers 2007. Number two, Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> As it should be. Hell, you fuckers. Until next week. <laughs> uh, Autobots roll out or uh, whatever they say, man. That's it. Good job, Andy. Roll out. <laughs>